to another episode of Grimdark Tales, the podcast edition. I'm joined again today by the awesome Noel. Hello, awesome Noel. Hello, awesome Eric. It's wonderful to talk to you again. I feel like it's been too long since we've done one of these. It has been way too long. Yeah. Um, We have uh, so much that we always love to talk about, so it's always a joy to be able to get to do one of these with you. Um, And today we were going to uh, sort of discuss the whole Psychic Awakening campaign that GW has unveiled and has begun rolling out um, book by book. Uh, figured we would just talk maybe about where, you know, what we've been shown so far, how it's influenced the game, how it's influenced the narrative and the lore, and then we can go into maybe where we think it's headed, what we think it'll mean for different factions that we haven't seen yet, and maybe some wish list stuff that we would both like to see for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, we only have one, or is it two books technically that are out now? Well, uh, I was going to say, yeah, it's a, well, the, the second's on, on pre-order, isn't it? Is, is, is yeah. It's like a time of recording. It's, I don't think it's quite out yet. I think it's this weekend. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first book was um, uh, Blood of the Phoenix. It was the uh, Eldar one. Um, and that actually seems as a whole, like a pretty minimalist sort of, uh, companion book as far as rules go. Um, it's, it's basically, it does have something that's really cool, which is it added the ability to create your own craft world, um, which, and your own, um, like cabal and coven and cult and all that stuff. Um, it basically sets the chaps of traits, didn't it, to the elder race? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think the Harlequins were the only ones that didn't really get much from this book. But honestly, Harlequins, I think, are pretty cool right now. So I'm not too upset about it, even though I play Harlequins. I think I think Harlequins, it's like it's hard for them to really get more because they've already got like several masks um, yes. each kind of have like their own rules and gives them quite a lot of favor for something with very few models anyway from what i've seen so far and you know slightly going off off topic i mean with the whole um uh chapter approved coming out kind of yep. soon and the couple of leaks they have given it does look like um just your standard harlequins are going to drop in price anyway so kind of they don't really need anything else <laughs> yeah i mean that's actually crazy to me that they're i think they're going down like two points a model for players which is you know they're your only troops choice so inherently i think most players are going to have several players in their army and i certainly do i mean i actually run uh, a brigade with my harlequins which is uh i think kind of a weird choice but i really like, like having all the CP to play with, I feel like Harlequins have some great stratagems. It's fun to, you know, exploit all those different options. It's a very interesting way of playing because, I mean, because there's so much elite kind of options to build into them and kind of they rack up very quickly. Um, So to to just have the bodies on the board with Harlequins, it's... uh, That's got to be quite a nice little challenge for someone. I can imagine it throws a lot of players off. Yeah, and I think it's basically a play style that no one is really prepared for when it hits them. Mm-hmm. Um, the two times that I've really gotten to use it, 
because uh, I, I haven't admittedly played them much. But both times they they really caught my opponent off guard and their sort of speed and their damage output and like their surprising durability because of all the involves and stuff. And, and with so many of them on the table and, and how many involved saves you have to kind of get through to, to really deal with them all. It, it's it's crazy, like how many attacks I'm getting, how much extra resilience I have just through having so many four up involved models on the table. The army wide four up as well is quite Oh great. my gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and the and the the minus one to hit on like every vehicle uh in the army and there's so many minus one to hit stratagems and you can increase the involved saves of like different units based on like different things with the stratagems that you have available to you. There's just so many crazy options. In the in the second game I played with them, it was like it was actually against Pat, who's in the uh, Discord, great mm-hmm. guy, and um, he brought his uh, Red Corsairs against me, and I'd never played against Red Corsairs before. But both armies are were hyper aggressive, just like trying to get in charge range. And uh, he had the first turn, he hit me really hard. It looked like things were going to be really bad. But I was able to basically utilize every single stratagem that I could possibly make use of because I had so many CP. Mm. And I was able to like get extra hits on his Slaneshi guys, rerolling stuff against anything Slanesh in the army. I was like doing double fighting in the combat phase. And, oh. and it was just, it was, I mean, like my Harlequin, uh, I had a solitaire in the list. And mm. I was basically able to like, do a six inch heroic intervention on his demon prince and like fight him twice in the same phase. And he was Slanesh. So I was getting rerolls of everything. Oh. And it was just ridiculous. I was ridiculous. Like in a single phase of fighting, I did so much damage. And then in my turn, I played um, Mask of the Midnight Sorrow. So mm. my solitaire basically just jumped out of combat and moved like 20 inches with his blitz move. and got into Pat's back line and killed Huron the next turn in combat. And just ridiculous. Like, so much damage output from this one model. And then when he died, I could use a stratagem to fight with him again. And he he nearly tanked uh, Pat's Leviathan Dreadnought in close combat. Just ridiculous how much damage they can do. That's Um, quite sick to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's crazy for a single... It's just crazy. Um, and the solitaire is like definitely one of my favorite aspects of the Harlequins. Mm. Um, incredibly cool unit, and their lore is so interesting and sort of yeah. you know frightening and yeah, yeah. just the so way, cool. Also being kind of slightly tweaked, kind of like through the generations, the codexes as well. Kind of you know in the, the solitaire started. Kind of you know I think he he actually his soul did belong to Slanish, but then kind of you know the the law behind that was twisted in that it's just. He's the only person who can play Slanesh, but because of the dark path that walks, it's kind of, you know, so it, it kind of, um, I think it's fleshed out and fits more with a fluff now mm-hmm. but, um, with a with a wider cut, Harlequin codex. But it's, yeah, uh, but yeah uh, it's, it's either way, a badass character. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolute demon, you know, excuse the pun. Uh, yeah, literally. Yeah, absolute boss in close combat. I remember one time, well, one of the few times I faced it as uh, one of my mates I play with fairly regularly, Darren Gwynn. He's got mm-hmm. like, well, his Harlequins are stunning anyway. 
that we did a who would win the three matchup. Um, and this is against the old keeper stacks. Okay. Um, it was pretty much one for one until the final. And it was only by sheer luck, kind of, you know, it's just like basically whoever got in first just slapped the other one. Right. <laughs> and, you know, those kind of like rolls to one, rolls to hit, to hit rolls of one, if you miss them, then essentially it hits, the, hits them back. Yeah. Um, yep. kind of thing. It's just like, oh, that's gross. I think that was yeah. a of knives or something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. We yeah. we both know what it does. You guys know what it does, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, read the book. <laughs> yeah, just read the book. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Harlequin's amazing, amazing, amazing. But yeah, I don't feel I don't feel that anyone should feel bad. I don't. I think someone's got to be really petty to feel butthurt that they weren't included in uh, Blood of the Phoenix. With Blood of the Phoenix, I mean, what did you feel was the? I mean. What were your kind of like take homes from it, kind of law wise or rule wise? Or, yeah, so here's something I'm actually rather embarrassed about. I have the Blood of the Phoenix book and I've read the rules portions because I've wanted to stay current with the conversation with all my people in the Discord, mm -hmm. but I haven't gotten to get through the lore section yet because I've been still reading all the lore from the Space Marine supplements ah. and I haven't actually read it yet. So if so you've that, read it, wait, we're perfectly matched because I have done the exact opposite. Because oh, I nice. any, because I've got the book, read the law bit, and I was just like, I don't collect elders, so it was just like, <laughs> eh, I don't care. <laughs> that's great, though. I I I love that you have that information, and I don't have that. That's, that's really good. So maybe do you want to just give like a, a Spark Notes, Cliff Notes version of yeah, what you think so, about the lore and everything? Okay, so, I mean, with regards to the law side, I, mean, I think this is, I think it says something where I think kind of GW kind of like hit the nail on the head. What they've done with these sex, sets of books is they've given only a little bit of fluff. And I think kind of this is going to be the same with all of them. Like, you know, we're talking about maybe 20 pages, 40 pages of fluff all in. Yep. Um, and it's just something that kind of, you know, tells a bit of the storyline um, and that just sets up the campaign missions that you can have the option to play that's in the book mm -hmm. and kind of just utilize kind of the rules but it does i think kind of you know it is setting itself up for a very interesting dark tale where it's just kind of you know it's, it's gonna it's gonna bring a lot more um darkness to kind of each of the factions in turn with the stuff that's going on um mm -hmm. so in brief with the blood of the phoenix kind of bit of law footnotes kind of reading with Jane Zar, um she's um like obviously with the uh, rise of the inari she's mm -hmm. pretty much gone to the inari uh because obviously the howling banshees um although they're kind of uh they're obviously aspect warriors and kind of you know they're being associated with Kane, but right the howling banshees law um for any who don't know um they're basically like the daughters of the other God Mari Heg, which is kind of the he was the god of elder god of death. Right. So there's that association there already with Anari and that kind of you know birth from death thing. Yes. So as such, she's kind of defected um, <laughs> to the Anari, and even so the extent where you know quite regularly she comes to their rescue and joins in their battles and struggles uh, to try and you know bring about the rise of um, you know the elder god of you know whispering really um mm -hmm. save or you know potentially doom the elder race in the, po in the process so she's doing her thing 
And in although it's kind of, you know, there's this box work art and kind of, you know, there's Drazar kind of, you know, facing, um, you know, uh, Jane Zar, that doesn't kind of really happen so much in the book. It just sets itself up where, the, you know, it's going to be a thing because Drazar's got, um, Drazar just wants to kill her. Right. <laughs> um, it's just kind of just wants to add, kind of, you know, because they're both um, renowned combat um, beasts. Yes. Uh, he just wants to add her kind of, you know, um, stones and kind of everything to his collection. Right. Um, to prove he's like, you know, the ultimate um, warrior in comparison. But where the storyline does go, um, and I'm not going to spoil it too much, and it okay. brings very nicely um, another newish character to the scene that we got with the new Slanish Demon releases, mm-hmm. um, which is the namekeeper, Shalaxi Hellbane. Yep. Um, so basically, she is, as her rules kind of, you know, give over, and the very little bit of lore that she has, she is a character killer. Um, she is the greater demon that Slanesh sends out when you know the god just wants someone dead yeah (laughs) so I think it starts off kind of you know with the story and kind of you know um, Shalaxi's just coming out from um, a 600 year kind of you know in banishment for kind of failing to do something or other Um, and you know so He's just like, he, she is just like, kind of, right, how do I get into um, Slanish's good graces again? So it's like, truly, I need an epic kill. And kind of, you know, obviously, with everything that's going about the Inari, and kind of, you know, with the, you know, with every Inari, kind of, obviously, that soul's being denied Slanish. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind, Shalaxi is after basically all the Inari, but specifically um, Ibrahim and Jane Zar. And there is a few scenes within it where they end up having a bit of a tussle. And it's, you know, it's it's the start of something where I think it's just kind of like, ooh, they really got to watch out because Sanish Demons are now sending their big guns in after to try and, I mean, they're now aware of um, the Inari and kind of what they're trying to do. And right. um, there's a big thing now to essentially stop them. Um, so kind of, you know, Sanish demons are kind of they're definitely on the warpath against the Eldery and more so than normal and trying to uh, stop the Eld- um, the Inari threat. And I'm not going to really give much too away from that because I don't want to give any little spoilers in there. But there are some very cool scenes and they fight off against each other. I'm not going to say who wins or who doesn't. But yeah, it's um, it's very interesting tussle and how it's going to be like, oh, okay, this is how the scene is set for them and you know what's going to what comes next of this will be quite interesting. Uh, and how that storyline progresses yeah that's i mean that sounds super exciting and it's also you know it's a really epic moment because slanesh and eldari are are this ancient enemies of each other and the eldari you know created slanesh basically out of their own uh, debauchery and uh, hedonism and the idea that the Inari specifically are sort of like their, the Eldari's attempt to circumvent this doom that they've been facing for their existence ever since they created Slanesh. That to me is fascinating in itself, that they, mm-hmm. it's sort of like they, they see this god that they're creating as their, their salvation uh, to escape, you know, the, the worst fate imaginable after death. I really like how all the different factions of Eldari sort of deal with that problem in very different ways. And that kind of dramatically defines 
their cultures and how they each function and how they choose to do things. So like, you know, in the case of the Jakari, we have, obviously they're, they maintain the sadism because the more they can exact pain up upon others and create that sort of psychic pain, uh, you know, in, in their victims, the longer they can like prolong Slanesh's attempt to suck out their souls. Yeah, and which is kind of, it's interesting because obviously that in turn kind of feeds Slanesh, really. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like Slanesh is growing more powerful. So it's it's like the most band-aid solution because, yeah. you know, they're not fighting the cause, they're fighting the symptom, basically. Yeah. And Slanesh is just growing stronger and stronger, um, which is so bad for the Eldar. But it's just how the Drakari have decided to, like, it's the way, it's that sort of lazy cultural thinking of like oh we'll just do the bare minimum and it looks like things are better you know but <laughs> we're not yeah. fixing the actual like deep deep cultural problem because we're lazy and we don't want to change our lifestyle yeah it's um, like they, bur they burst Lanash and the dark the drakari just kind of just went uh-oh uh, <laughs> kind of just like well don't see uh, we'll just hide here and don't let's not change anything yeah i'm too busy having fun <laughs> right, exactly. And I think that's such a real reaction to something like that. You know, you look at real life issues like global warming and stuff and um, not to get too political, but just how people, yeah. their reaction is so often just like try to pretend that it's not real or to, you know, some people try to combat it, but in very small ways. Mm. Uh, some people try to like, be anti-climate change like in their you know their views and everything and mm -hmm. that's just one example but it's it's the way it, it demonstrates that people react to giant you know mm -hmm. earth encompassing problems in in a variety of ways and many of them can be very self-destructive and yeah. uh sort of ignorant mm -hmm. and uh yeah so it's just it, i love that the eldar sort of you know these different cultural sections of them have all taken different paths and you have the Drakari who are just the lazy like didn't want to change their their comfort of their lives they didn't want to lose everything they had so mm. they just kept going down this path and then you have you know the craft world eldar who designed these soul stones that basically just sort of trap them when they die in sort of a limbo and mm. then you know they have these sort of living graveyards in the form of their like infinity matrix things and they all you know uh compile you know they they composite all their souls together there and they have this sort of gestalt like living history thing but it's obviously very tragic and disturbing for them yeah um, because whenever they you know have to pull one back for any reason it's considered this like great turmoil uh, yeah. to the soul involved and to those who are like enacting the ritual yeah so and it's quite interesting because obviously the path that i mean obviously all elder all craft would elder follow the path which is kind of you know in a way it's to curb their um excesses mm -hmm. so kind of you know all they do is go in their very almost immortal long lives they kind of go from one thing to another thing to another thing not really kind of you know living i mean it's, it's it's kind of almost a monastic kind of way of life because 
they're just denying they're, they're denying them kind of you know any form of kind of like real excess or because to do so they they're that weak in that respect they just fall down into you know a path and then obviously will you know corrupt and make their situation worse so they yes. kind of have this you know they, they're like you know it's, it's a very it's, it's almost like a half-life that they kind of lead in compared to what they have and also their death is kind of like a half death it's you yes. know then they've got no reincarnation they kind of you know it's it's a it's a very poor way to die and have their soul kind of kept um but it's it's that or the alternative um and so it's kind of just just about the lesser of evils really right yeah um, that they're kind of you know they don't have any peace or actual final rest or reincarnation which they kind of apparently in the law they used to do they would eventually always come back yeah um but um I mean, even, you know, that path kind of, you know, the, the actual uh, soul stones, soul gems that they have, yep. even that is kind of, you know, is fraught with danger because they're not grown. Um, they're actually collected right. uh, from the old chrome worlds. So kind of, you know, they have to risk life and limb and soul to take these forays into kind of the eye of terror to, um, you know, go to the Chrome Worlds, obviously face off demons and face the Wrath of Slanesh and kind of potentially being non straight away, just to actually collect these and try and save their, you know, help give them the chance to even save their species. Yeah. So uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, so to have this new path in the Inari anyway, it's, um, you know, it's a very big law for some. And I right. quite like the fact that in not just the Blood of the Phoenix not, um, book, but also in some of the recent Inari novels, like um, I'm, at the moment I'm most of the way through, um, I think it's Wild Rider, mm-hmm. um, where it talks about the Seng Han um, and the Inari. And it's, it's quite interesting because Eldrad makes an appearance in that book and he ends up uh, coming face to face with um, Nikari, mm-hmm. the, one of the famous named keepers. And just the the kind of thing that, that there's a little conversation that happens between them. Um, and it's just, um, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, yeah. Again, I, I can't really give it away or mention too much apart from it. It's a thing. Just read the book. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice little gems from there. Yeah. But also what's interesting is that much like the Blood of the Phoenix lore part, um, you know, you've got this potential savior in the race, but because they're so arrogant and fractious as, as a race, mm-hmm. they've almost never been so more divided Right. in their opinions because they're so busy postulating against each other and what's right and what's wrong and the kind of they're not banding together in any meaningful way because you know whether through fear or arrogance or kind of you know just you know they're just uh yeah there's there's no there's no kind of coming together to kind of like help each other out really quite so much yeah um, and it's kind of almost it's it's that kind of inherent thing that's part of their you know the the psyche of their race it's just um it's almost they're almost dooming themselves from their own from their own arrogance really yeah and you think they would have, again you think they you know after everything they've done they would have collectively learned to do it better by now <laughs> right yeah um but yeah no it's um it's an interesting tale but i mean the one bit i do know about the law uh, not the law side but the, you know the crunch side of it is yeah. obviously that apparently it makes aspect warriors worth taking again yeah yeah uh sort of in a big way um it they've added some really cool new rules for like 
personalizing your army around your aspect warriors, which I think really brings them back to the forefront as far as like something you would consider taking and also adding a lot of flavor to your armies. That's cool. Um, because, I mean, for the longest time, it's been Dark Reapers or nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Dark Reapers are still great. Like, there's there's no question that they're famous for a reason, sort of, in the meta of 8th edition. But I think that the other... Basically, the way that it works is mm-hmm. you sort of have these, like, mini warlord traits that you can give your Exarchs for your Aspect Warrior squads, which is really cool because... It, it's something that can either impact like the Exarch, just just the Exarch, or it can have an influence on the entire squad. And there are some that are so, so good. Uh, there's one, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't have the book in front of me, but uh, as I recall, the Dire Avengers Exarch has access to one mm-hmm. that basically makes all of your shots count as AP minus three instead of just sixes to wound. Ooh, so those, those kind of like uh, shuriken exploding hits uh, yeah, are all yeah, yeah. going on. Oh, exactly. that's nasty. Isn't that, <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, right? Like if you, and because Dire Avengers are troops choices, you can take a million of them and they're they're relatively cheap for Aspect Warriors and you get this incredible ability and suddenly Dire Avengers have horrific damage output. Like, mm. That is just crazy to have on basic troops. I know, you know, their range is relatively short. It's like 18 inches, I think, on a Dire Avenger uh, Shuriken cannon or Shuriken uh, catapult. But and if you feel drama that way, then I mean, it's like, you know, a few wave serpents to charge them up. And then yeah. it's like, you know, that close range assault as soon as they disembark and it's just yep. like, pew, pew. Oh, uh, God. It's, it's crazy. That's, oh, that's, yeah, that's pretty disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like really good. Like I feel like that's going to become a very like competitive option, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ah, oh God, I wish I could remember more of them. Um, there's there's one for there are actually a couple options for the uh, Howling Banshees Exarchs that can mm-hmm. allow them to sort of do multiple wounds when they like charge and roll sixes to wound and stuff like that. Oh, that's, um, I mean, you imagine kind of with the new sculpts that they got, which are beautiful. Oh, uh, they're so they're, nice, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of, you know, at least that kind of, you know, give them a reason to people to buy them. So, kind of, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's like, hey, we created this lovely new sculpt that everyone was kind of like, kind of wanting because Aspect Warriors are so in need of updates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think that it's like, if I recall correctly, each Aspect uh, Warrior type, each data sheet, has um, three options for their Exarchs to take. Yeah. Um, so in that way, your your whole army can basically have, like each squad of Aspect Warriors most likely can have like their own unique trait that is unique yeah. to each squad, um, which is really cool. Mm. Uh, and a lot of options. Yeah, and, it, and it, gives the, it gives them so much character, and I think it makes, it gives a lot more weight to like, what an aspect warrior even is mm-hmm. um you know they're not just like specialized guardians they're they're eldar who have given their entire life to this one way of war mm. um and you i think that when the rules when they have so many special rules like this it really makes them feel like a squad of like specialist characters 
Okay. Um, instead of like, you know, just another data sheet. Yeah. Um, okay. So I managed to get it. So powers the aspect shrine. So X yes. Void shrines. You know, long travel the path. They're kind of you know dust and inside kind of, and they just their spirit essentially just infuses with their armor, don't they? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So fire dragons. Wall of fire. Instead of shooting around more, roll one d six plus two plus charging and suffers d three mortal wounds. That's quite tasty. Uh, subtracting one from these, yeah, there's some really, really, really disgustingly good ones. Yeah, and it's just free. Like it's just, it's just a thing you can give to each squad of aspect warriors. Okay. And so yeah, so sweeping hawks, like rapid assault unit that made a charge move or was always charged this turn. Add two to the attacks characteristic of the unit. Yeah, like um, sweeping my exarch powers. Range weapons, um, this unit sweeping hawk X archers equipped with have the type characteristic of assault six. Suppressing fire, overwatch, asinum units subtract two from the charge rolls that that unit makes. Mm -hmm. And also against anything with a fly character keyword, um, you can reroll hit rolls as well. That's, yeah. that's a lot of cool stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Even a tasty one about kind of, you know, using their, um, hawk grenade packs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like it. It's it's a lot of there's a lot of good fluffy rules in there. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's what it does is it gives aspect warriors those crucial feeling of of unique character where they aren't just you know they they're more than their equipment. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're truly something special and unique, and each of them embodies such a such a finely honed aspect of war mm. um you really feel that i think with these rules uh and it's just it's just so cool to see because i remember as a kid i loved aspect warriors i thought they were so cool and in the modern sort of way that the game plays before this book came out they just feel like you're just taking guardians with different war gear mm. and and that's just not what they are like yeah, they, you know, they they live in a shrine that completely embraces this one ideal, mm. and it's just it, it's such a unique thing about the culture of the Eldar, and I think that the the fact that you're giving all these special rules to the Exarchs that can like buff the unit in certain ways, it just makes them feel like it really gives the Exarch that feeling of being like a teacher and a mm. mentor and. You know, in addition to a warrior, um, yeah, because because that's like, that is what they do. They are right. They, you know, they are they're kind of like the leader of each of their shrines. Yeah, the exarch. So they should they they should have that kind of you know leadership about them that, that has been kind of lacking, and rather than just kind of a oh, it's a slightly better version. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. So I, I, I yeah yeah I just yeah. love it. I think that this will definitely breathe life into some units that we just never saw. Like, mm -hmm. um, there's there's a great striking scorpions exarch ability that I think it makes the manda blasters go off on five up instead of six up, um, <laughs> which is awesome if you have like a big unit of ten or whatever, um, and you you know you pop off those manda blasters, you're actually doing quite a number of multiple wounds on average when you when you hit, which is great. Oh, I was going to say, I even like the fact that kind of it's got the fluffy elements in there. Like it's got the name generators for the Jakari, yeah, like, area, you know, and, and the Inari too. It's just, it's again, it's just you can really make your army your own again. And I think that's the one thing I loved about 
kind of going off topic but only slightly but um with the space marine dexes and those codex supplements that they're doing um and it's breathing a lot of flavor and life into what essentially was kind of you know for the most part is like slightly different vanilla marines for the most part yeah um, yeah exactly and like you can really make your chapter your own now or you know create something that's kind of unique um within the kind of the greater law yeah um, and i like the fact that's spilling out into the other races now yeah, so, I mean, got that now in you know, I mean, with this book, um, you know, Blood of the Phoenix, it's kind of you've yep. really got you you you've got that granularity there that oh, you, yeah. can, you know, and I think as long as they're going to pull out the stops like this with every other kind of you know book, yeah. then I, I I can't think that that would be anything but a good thing. <laughs> oh yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. And I think they've kind of actually kind of you know said that that's going to be the case. Yeah, I, I think. The, the way that this book is handled, the, like, I, I sort of opened this conversation with saying that, like, the book didn't add a ton, but mm. I feel like it added the perfect amount. Like, mm. it's, it's just enough to give so much unique flavor. No, I was going to say, because you don't want every new kind of um, codex uh, supplement or, um, you know, kind of um, campaign book like this is to be like the dark imperium all over again it kind of advances the storyline to such an extent that um yeah everyone's playing catch up and you know it's uh it gets it gets too silly um yes. either bad that it advances a race of race or two's plots a little bit gives them the extra rules the buffs gives them their own personality back um within the greater rule system and kind of yeah just allows the the hobby to come forward a bit you know you, you you can use certain aspects of this whether it's the law and you want to go and do some of the um the missions within it to kind of you know refight the battles you've also got yeah you can add that extra detail into your army to make it your own and yeah and being able to kind of you know widen widen the kind of you know the the rules out so it's not just oh this thing was never taken because of you know it's just a waste of time now you can make it make it a thing yeah something that's totally worth taking it what i what i should say is everyone i think wants the ability to be able to take anything from a book mm. and not have it feel like they're doing it at the cost of having a good army yeah and this i think that supplements like this help much more with internal balance for codexes than they are for like external balance like yeah. the eldar craft world's codex is very very strong in like the meta but mm. it's only strong if you're taking like the same five units that everyone takes yeah and people want to be able to take a balanced awesome army and to put anything from a codex in it to make that happen and mm. i think that that's a very reasonable thing that we all want yeah. Um, it's not like that's, that's far fetched cause it's just, why wouldn't we all want that? Mm. Um, and why would those models exist if we couldn't take them without literally suffering for it? Mm. Um, no, that's true. And with, with such unique kind of key, um, characters that kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of like, they're almost like the poster boys or at least kind of originally when, you know, elder, when I was a kid anyway, kind of, you know, mm -hmm. or is a huge thing? I mean, you know, Wraith race guard and race lords and race knights didn't they they weren't a thing then right um, you know aspect warriors were just these kind of like super champions that kind of devoted themselves kind of you know they're warrior monks almost kind of you know. yeah 
Um, and they were like, you know, they were just in the whole, the whole background was just very, very cool. And to bring them into the four again and make them a thing for kind of, you know, I mean, like I say, I'm not an elder player, never really have been, but um, the people that have and kind of, you know, they've invested years and years and years into this hobby. Um, and they've kind of, you know, they can finally dust them off the shelf and actually yeah. build them again. Uh, hopefully the rest of the aspects will get new sculpts, kind of, you know, part of the work course. But I think that's kind of something they're starting to implement and do anyway with a lot yeah. of um, with a lot of the new books. And I think we can start to maybe see elements of that anyway in the new books as they get released. Yeah. Um, especially for ones which are clearly got a chunk of fine cast essentially to them yeah um um, you know it's to actually just get those new sculpts out there i think that would be a good thing so um, yeah hmm. great and i think this you know along with the book that we got for for blood of the phoenix we got a new amazing new james r model like that is such an outstanding model that has all the character and personality of the classic Jess Goodwin sculpts, mm. but it's been updated for, you know, the way that the models have been looking lately, which is just incredible. Mm. And I, I couldn't be happier with that Jane's R model. I've always yeah. loved that character. She's so cool. Yeah. It, and even with the crazy hair, it kind of, it, now with the new sculpt, it looks right rather than <laughs> a, a little bit OTT. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it's I just, the right amount of OTT anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think that's okay. Like, you know, it is 40k. Things do get over the top. It's it's okay that that happens once in a while. But I do mm-hmm. think that like within the internal logic of the game system, the models are moving more and more towards a consistent inner logic that is sort yeah. of believable and plausible. And and you know that. They're, I think they're working really hard to make sure that everything feels like it's the right scale now compared to everything else. And it just, the James R is just, it's just gorgeous. I love that model so much. And the new Drizar model is absolutely stunning. Um, um, it is, yeah. Yeah. And maybe even more so, I think just the new Incubi are unbelievably awesome. Mm. Uh, the new Incubi uh, Clavex, like their leader. Yeah, is ah, just that is such a stunning model. Like I can't even believe how good that looks. Um, yeah. I mean, they they taken what was a badass unit and made it look a hundred percent badass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like I honestly like of all the you know fine cast models that are still sort of in rotation, I think the Incubi kind of were already at like the top tier of that, and. Yeah this now just puts them even over the top of that and they just just stunning like i'm so impressed with the, all of them and the new howling banshees and jane's are and Drizar. like all of that is just stunning to me yeah so it's just like it's like they're doing good work so it's just like just just keep it up g-dubs it's like, yeah like just keep doing what you're doing it's yeah it's so on point yeah um, and I am laughing it up, even for the races where I'm kind of just like, yeah, I've got no real interest in collecting them as an army. I'm just like, okay, that's cool. I was just yeah. like, I, I, I could, I can get behind that if I was kind of like wanting to start that army. Yeah, uh, I feel the same way. Like, you know, there are armies that this does not affect me directly in any way, but just knowing that it's happened and and 
what it means for like how GW is addressing their own game system and updating their range and everything. It's so exciting to me. Like seeing all the chapter supplements for Space Marines was so exciting. They're so strong now. Like it's crazy how good Space Marines are. Um, I haven't played a game for a few months now. I imagine just like just even having a brief look over the book is just like that they are they are the new hotness again. Yeah, uh, um, and yeah. it's kind of good because I mean they they have been sorely lacking for some time, and they should be they should be absolute bosses on the battlefield. Yeah, they should be um, top so, tier. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean they should be. I mean these guys are like you know they're good all rounders, but they're like superhuman. So it's just like you pretty much. Um, so they should feel that way on the battlefield and they've been completely lackluster for a while now. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, to see them kind of like back at the top of their game, so to speak, it's, um, yeah, yeah I am, you know, I, get, I am loving it, even though it's kind of, you know, it's probably going to mean I'm going to lose a lot more games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it probably will for me too, but at the same time, like, I feel like the game feels like it's at its best when the lore of the game is matched by the gameplay. And Space Marines are just, like, when you read stories, Space Marines are incredible. Like, a single Space Marine could take on, you know, lightly armored, unenhanced humans all day and never, ever, ever risk dying. It's just like, that's how strong they are. And I'm so, so glad. Like, I can't really even express how happy I am that GW decided not to just drop the points of Space Marines because they're not a Horde army. Hmm. And instead, to keep them relatively like small army, uh, like as far as like model count, and just make them so much better. Hmm. Like... That to me, and and the ways that they made them better, it's so logical to me in the ways that Space Marines function. They mm-hmm. are dropped into hellish combat zones, and they're designed to immediately break the nose of the enemy and adapt to any conflict that they're that is thrust upon them. Yeah. Um, and you know, all these combat doctrines and drop pods coming down turn one again. It's like everything just feels like the way Space Marines should fight, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just so satisfying to see. And I don't even play like a, a Codex Space Marine army right now. I just have Death Watch. Yeah. But I'm still so happy that this is, this is happening. And also, I really, really want to play Salamanders now. Like, so happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the good boys are finally kind of like, oh, they're so good. <laughs> oh, they're so good now. It's, it's <laughs> insane, yeah. Um, but anyway, the Space Marine supplements themselves, the Codex supplements, are not part of um, Psychic Awakening. But the uh, next book does contain some Space Marines, uh, yes. as well as some Chaos. And the book after that also contains some Space Marines as well, and they're two of some of the most iconic sort of factions of Space Marine. So, um, yeah, why don't we talk about a bit about the next book, which is uh, Faith and Fury. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I do have to say, once I heard the title of this, um, I was like, 
Okay, so they're kind of using this as a kind of a, an, an extra reason to um, uh, get people kind of like hype for Sis as a battle. I so totally like, thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, with the titles like Faith yep. and Fury, it's just like, especially with all the leaks and kind of you know the previews they're getting to kind of sisters coming on, and then to kind of like start getting some sneak peeks kind of the last couple of weeks about it all, and it's just kind of like. Okay, so it doesn't actually include them at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so we are. We're talking about the you know the Black Templars. Um, we certainly are. Yeah. So um, it's, it's. I mean, for me, they'd be kind of like. Uh, it's be interesting to see what happens in for me in the law section of this because the last time we really got to hear anything about them in the law was towards the tail end of sevens. Um, yeah. kind of, you know, they essentially, there's, there's a huge chunk of them and they were tagged on to um, the kind of the events, the fall of Cadia mm-hmm. uh, and kind of, you know, going along with um, St. Celestine um, yeah. and kind of, you know, all of that. And, you know, it, it seemed that they were always there in the background. There was never really much other than the kind of, you know, oh, they're there to just help them out generally. Um, and you know they didn't like a lot of things that went on but they kind of you know because obviously their faith they went along follow the living saint and everything and um, it'll be interesting to find out I think kind of you know just what has gone on uh, with them since because you know the events of Fall Acadia and then kind of you know into 40k as we know it now in 8th edition you know we're talking about hundreds of years have passed now oh yeah Um, so, I mean, what, what's what's become of the, you know, the righteous zeal <laughs> and um, kind of, you know, um, are they still just as angry? Uh, they kind of, you know, is their, is their faith been shaken any uh, right. by the events? Um, so, I mean, I'm going to wait with bated breath as to the storyline and how that kind of advances them and what trials they face yeah. uh, and kind of in what guise that's going to be. Because I mean, clearly, it's uh, you know against uh, Chaos Marines with all the um, the rules, kind of you know that they're kind of uh, starting to show. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you know if they've mentioned kind of you know if there's a specific uh, chapter or legion there they they're up against? You know, I I I feel like it's it's a bunch of them. Um, from what I understand, it, it seems like it might be like at least six different legions or something that are in this region that they're attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the sisters are supposed to be part of that, but the sisters themselves, like the, the new range mm-hmm. is not a part of like anything that's getting released with faith and fury. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, as far as like sisters rules, there's not going to be anything for them yeah. um, in, in this book, but I think that in the story, they are there alongside the Black Templars and they're fighting. Uh, yeah, they're fighting. Uh, I think it's like, I know Night Lords were mentioned. Um, I think it's Night Lords, Iron Warriors, uh, Word Bearers. Um, I can't remember who else, but I, I think it's like twice that number of legions, basically, that are like in this conflict. Ooh. so yeah so they're gonna be pretty beset by everything yeah i, I it, it sounds like it's basically like all chaos legions 
versus the Black Templars. So <laughs> I'm assuming that it's like all of those legions are not at like full numerical strength um, yeah. in order for it to be anything, you know, resembling a fair fight. Uh, yeah. But the Black Templars are, I think, on crusade and they're just in some, you know, region of space engaging with all those enemies. So I think that the lore of that book is going to include pretty much every legion, mm-hmm. um, every traitor legion, that is. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I'm a bit, little bit interested to find out kind of um, why they haven't released kind of a, um, a, a Primaris version of like um, Hellbrokes. Mm, yeah. For example. I mean, um, you know, because, I mean, it, we see, it seems that kind of, you know, I mean, they, they've, they've done it later on with uh, the book, the next book we're going to talk about after this. So they yes. kind of see, you know, they've just now released the title of and everything. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's kind of, there's been no actual new sculpts really with this new book. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we've already got a load of new Chaos Marine sculpts, which is, you know, it's it's a good thing. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no actual... No actual skulls for this one. So it's all going to be just rules and a little bit of fluff that goes with it. So, yeah. um, I mean, I'm not sure if people are overly disappointed by that. I think kind of it depends on the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's it's going to be one of those things where it will kind of be based on the quality, the content in the book. But I also don't think it's like unreasonable that, maybe every other book comes with new models. Mm. Um, you know, that that's still a pretty rapid uh, deployment of new models, I would say, considering they're also simultaneously releasing an entire new army in plastic yeah. and, you know, everything else that they're doing all the time. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah they've only got so much space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Time to do and I would say, if anything, it's just more of a testament to, like, the fact that they're putting out so many new rule books and 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 lore books that they can't their modeling team can't keep pace which isn't a bad thing it just means that they're putting out a ton of books and they they are mm-hmm. um and to me that's not really a pro like it, that doesn't upset me it will mean you know when you're going to play a game you might be bringing like seven books which is sort of what people were upset about by the end of 7th edition um or one of the things but if the game itself is balanced and if all these things are adding really cool stuff to the game i don't have a problem with toting all my books around um so i think that's more of like you know you have to make that decision for yourself if you're upset about that or whatnot but i i don't see that as a problem and i don't like i i would say I would love to see a Primaris Hellbrecht and I would love to see a Primaris Emperor's Champion. Mm. Um, but that being said, you know, there's always conversion if you want to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, let's face it, the stats are going to be similar to a lieutenant who's also got a sword, who's also holding it aloft. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a model for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's, Obviously, that's not as awesome as like when they release a new model because that's so exciting whenever they do that. Even if it's a model I don't plan to get, I always am excited to see like whatever new thing they come out with. Yeah. Um, and that's just a testament to like their art department being 
so cool and creative and sort of living within their own universe so successfully and coming up with this visual language that we all recognize now mm. um, and creating stuff that we find so exciting over and over again. But that being said, this book, I think, is still really cool. And maybe even more so than the Black Templars, I'm really excited that all the legions are getting new rules for chaos. Yes. Um, like, they really needed it. Um, the Black Templars, you know, even if this book hadn't happened, the Black Templars would still have their recently updated chapter tactic uh, mm -hmm. where they can reroll charge rolls and they ignore mortal wounds on a five up and they would still get combat doctrines. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they're still in a good place regardless. Yeah. But then this book is also giving them, I think, like, you know, a page or two of stratagems and... They're getting, traits, I think. What's that? Sorry. I imagine warlord traits and relics as well. Yeah, yeah, new warlord traits and relics, and they're getting the um, that new rule where when you're in the uh, assault doctrine, a six to hit uh, automatically wounds as well. Ooh. Okay. Uh, which is really good. That is. It's it's nice that they didn't just get uh, a, an imperial version of Death of the False Emperor kind of thing. Yeah, um, exactly. It's kind of an actual different thing. So yeah, that's actually pretty badass in combat. They'll, yeah, they'll be one to watch out for. Yeah, and when you you know when you combine that with the AP minus one, uh, the additional AP minus one from the combat phase or the mm -hmm. the uh, assault doctrine then you're actually looking at like even just basic troops becoming really ferocious combat yeah. units. Mm, it um, makes them a scary prospect, definitely. Yeah. So I think that's great. And I think that it actually makes Black Templars definitely like on the same level as all the other Space Marine uh, supplements that we've gotten. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's great. I think Black Templars should be up there. They're, they're awesome. And they have like very unique flavor and character to themselves, which... Uh, I think is demonstrated in their rules. You know, there's always, I think, since these supplements have been coming out, the power rating of, like, which of them are the best to which are the worst is basically assigned to, like, in which turn are you able to activate their special rule. So, like, that's part of why I think people think that Iron Hands and Imperial Fists are the strongest, because they start in the devastator doctrine which is where they get their bu their buffs yeah and you know and then like the the tactical doctrine ones always are considered like second best and then the assault ones you know it's the hardest to get there because it's turn three so like the game goes the longest before you actually are able yeah. to use that and that makes it feel less powerful um mm. but you know, in the case of like the white scars, their thing is that when they're in the combat doctrine, all their damage goes up on melee weapons by one, mm. which like, yes, it takes you three turns to get there, but that's so strong. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's crazy. You're and it's like, and they, and, and they enjoy the battle anyway. So it's kind of like, it's not, I mean, they strike fast and hard, but, you know, I mean, to be able to play cannily, whittle them down, it's, uh, you know, I, I think kind of, you know, they're, they're a super strong um, chapter to face. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, 
for one of my favorite um space marine chapters to kind of like get their own now mini decks and kind of you know and have like so much um extra granularity in there they got those they got some so many nice cool strats and everything i mean don't get me wrong i'm still as far as kind of a play is concerned i'm always gonna be the guy who collects the xenos and the bad guys because that's just my thing um but you know i mean i'm not gonna lie i had a moment (laughs) (laughs) where i'm just like i may want to get an imperial army now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i get it like just like i had to slap myself and kind of just go no 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 but you know (laughs) for a moment there i was i was i was sorely tempted (laughs) yeah yeah and i by the way i i admire the hell out of the fact that you basically don't play an imperial army yeah Uh, i that is so rare these days like i play eight armies so i feel like i kind of have an excuse (laughs) Yeah, but, that's fair enough. I mean, you <laughs> there, so you don't have to go and fall back on that. It's, yeah, uh, but like for people that you know play a, a few armies and none of them are imperial, that's like you're really sticking your guns there on the stuff that you like, and you're and you're yeah. remaining faithful to that. And I I do really admire that. Thank you. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. When the Sisters of Battle are getting released, it's going to be really hard to take. Oh my god, <laughs> I know. Oh, those models look amazing. <laughs> yeah, not a ton. Um, yeah, I think nuns with guns might be the only one to sway me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand, man. I mean, those are they're incredible. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, that's that's sort of the Black Templars. Mm. Um, and then we got some sneak peeks into what Chaos is getting, and they are they are properly getting oh, so many good things. There are so many good things. Like I, I okay, so. let's just i'll start with sort of like one of the things i'm most excited about Mm -hmm. so we are getting a new page of stratagems for Mm -hmm. i think all these legions but specifically for the world eaters um i'm going to talk about because rick on the channel is beginning world eaters army Um, (laughs) I i think i convinced him with uh some some careful application of my conversion skills and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> made him some tasty models to sort of get him excited about it. And subconsciously kind of, you know, just whispering in his ear is like, love for the black guy, love for the black yeah. aren't you Aren't you mad? <laughs> like, don't you just feel a lot of rage and anger? And don't yeah. you wish there's something you could do about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so, just so kind of like, yeah, it's like, you know, they'll s- s- watch movies together and kind of, you know, splicing kind of, you know, blood and gore and skulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's enough, you know, because yeah. it's, it's a powerful, uh, it's a powerful, you know, opiate, I would yeah. say, is, is that, that amount of violence. Yeah. Um, so, 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 so it, 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 it's all the, uh, all the mind conditioning's paid off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> All that is to say, he's starting a World Eaters army. I've been helping him sort of cultivate the style of army that he wants. And mm-hmm. these new rules have us both so excited. So one of the stratagems available, it's 2CP, mm-hmm. uh, and it's called the Red Butchers. And it allows you to basically turn a unit of Chaos Terminators into a unit of Chaos Terminator Corn Berserkers. <laughs> it's incredible. 
it gives them all plus one strength, so the strength five, just like berserkers. Yeah, and it gives them the same rule where they can fight again. Oh, like yes. isn't is that not amazing? Like, <laughs> yes, I am I, entertained. That's yes. <laughs> I that's so exciting to me. Like, I can't. I'm gonna every game. Like, I'm yeah. gonna have. I'm gonna make him have a ten man Terminator squad. Yeah. And they're like all gonna have lightning claws or something. And what is it? I know the case casters don't have drop pods still, do they? Oh no, they don't have drop pods, but they can, you know, deep strike in. That's fine. And, enough, they have warp magic and yeah, exactly. Things. There's also still corn. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's okay. another there's another stratagem that is available to them that allows one of your units to make a free move before the game starts. Mm. So. For corn, I mean, for world eaters, that's amazing because mm-hmm. your whole army wants to get into combat. Yeah. So that's another thing they have. Uh, there's another stratagem they have that allows them to essentially get death to the false emperor against every enemy, not just Imperium. And when they're fighting Imperium, it goes off on a five up instead of a six. Um, and that's very thematic as well because, yeah, you know, I mean, they're angry. <laughs> they're they're angrier than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah, they, they they should hit heavier. Yes. Uh, so yeah. That's, oh my god, that's that's a good little rule there. Yeah, I mean those are all like, incredible, and I'm not even getting into all their stratagems. Like that's just a few of what they have, and oh, it's just so flavorful. It makes them feel so much like they should. Mm. It's. It's ju- it's just everything that you could possibly hope for, I think, in in like these Legion expansion rules. Um, there's a new stratagem for the Night Lords that it's just one CP and it makes it so the unit is minus one to hit because uh, they're like agents of shadow and stuff. Um, and it's just that's great. I mean, like that you know that gives them something that is very Night Lordsy. It makes them like. Very mm. evasive, hard to hit creatures of shadow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, th- those are just a couple examples, but like every Legion is getting this stuff. <laughs> it's nice. just, oh, it's so exciting. That's, that is, that's very cool. I do like that a lot. I was going to say, I'm trying to remember because I know it was leaked somewhere. There was kind of, um, there was some more details about certain of the chapters. I remember seeing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, something about the Empress children. Okay. Yeah. And kind of, you know, just just the strats that they have available. And yeah. it was it was something ridiculous, but it was just like, and they're all really really cheap, like one one CP, right? Like strats, basically. Um, oh, I'm trying to see if I can find it, but it was just like I was just like, oh. I just, I just want them. I just want the new sculpts to come out for them. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I want my. I, I want new noise marines. <laughs> you want new noise marines? Yeah. And I want new corn berserkers. Like I want them now. <laughs> yeah. And I want them now. And I'm, I'm yeah. getting angry about it because I'm corn. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just I, I like all this stuff has me so excited. I, I want chaos to feel like they're on par with the loyalists, and mm. I want them to have. I want them to have that without just feeling like they're copying, yeah. uh, you know, the the chapter traits and to have their own unique powers. And I, this really feels like that to me. Like, yeah. 
the difference between the advantages of of being a corn berserker mm-hmm. and and being you know uh, sword brethren for the black templars those feel like two very distinct units um yeah in in rules terms as as in their the way their models look so i think that it's all just so so exciting like <laughs> i i'm so excited for this book i'm so excited to help rick sort of build a new world leaders army that has these options available um whereas if he had done it a month ago this wouldn't have been on the horizon we wouldn't have known Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, it's, and it's, it has been really cool to see that chaos has got has got so much love actually in, in this yeah. this year. Um, like they they really managed to kind of you know just do so much for the whole um, not just the space marines but the demons as well. Um, yep. Like everything that was missing on the on the demons is now is now complete. There is no there's not one fine cast sculpt apart from I think Bellacore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of you know, the, all, it's incredible. The, yeah, the fact that all the demon range is now in plastic, um, just the fact that kind of you know, the, all, pretty much all the chaos legions have got some cool rules, and yep. it's going to be, and this is just going to you know be, put the icing on the cake for the end of the year for them. Yep. I think it's, uh, it's a good time to be a, a, a chaos worshiper. Oh really. yeah. Uh, yeah, um, the dark gods are listening, and you know, finally, we're getting some love. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it's just—it's so exciting to see, and they—they've deserved it for such a long time, and mm. you know, the the new plastic kits that they have gotten even are are so good, and I just can't wait for more. Um, mm. I'm trying not to be impatient, you know, about like the corn berserkers, <laughs> them being such old models, but I, I. You know, and and luckily there are so many amazing corn models for Age of Sigmar mm-hmm. that it allows you to really like create amazing looking berserkers like out of Kitbash, yeah. uh, which obviously you know that's like your second option if you it's like if you have to do it you can, but some people yeah. can make such amazing uh, yeah. you know kits from from what they have available now, especially because yeah. there's new Chaos Space Marine models that they can combine that with that's it's it's really something special now i think yeah um, and even down to um although kind of you know again it's just like we're kit bashing but you can really give give a, your army a lot of flavor and make it look corny um yeah. but even down to kind of other things you can look further afield i mean you've got the i'm not sure what the sizes are but for chaos cultists if you're yeah. going to have ornate cultists you've obviously got um yes yeah, some of the smaller ones in AOS, yep. um, but thinking outside the box a little bit further as well with the new Necromunda release, you've got. I was the, just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got you got that. Um, um, the kind of like essentially they're they're basically corn worshippers in, in look. Um, they yeah. got the skull masks on. They're all about kind of the Lord of Sinew and um, blood and things, and it's just like you know they're just they're, yeah they're, they're corn cultists. Yeah. Like, just snap up like units and units of that and just boom there you go <laughs> i know and you, you don't even have to convert them like yeah exactly they, they just, just come looking perfect yeah you just got standard rank of file with a load of flavor and yeah no conversion at all but you just got different chaos cultures yeah boom, you go, done. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah and i think i think gw knows that that is a thing they know that you know they can 
wait to put out certain units because there's such incredible kit bash options or just alternative model options right now mm-hmm. that they they probably don't feel like they have to jump right on it. Yeah. I think um, there are a lot of Necromunda models actually that would make amazing cultist models. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, and and so many Age of Sigmar models that would be mm-hmm. able to be used for the similar purposes and. Yeah, yeah, there's just there's so much great stuff out there right now, and they're doing yeah. such a good job. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, even going away from corn and cultists, I mean, you can you can do the same with so many others. I mean, you got um, the Warcry ones, uh, yes. the Corvus Cabal. Um, mm-hmm. There you go. Got the Zinch cultists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got all those feathers and beaks everywhere, and it's just like you know, kind of you know, feather fetches. It's just like it'll fit right into an army there. Um, and you know, um, I'm Nurgle don't really need it because you've got pox walkers anyway. Um, sure. yeah. yeah, but kind of you know, within there, it wouldn't be too hard to kind of like put some stuff together, uh, and play bearer kits and things like that, mix and match it. Uh, for Slanesh, you've got that other Warcry um, war bands as well. Um, mm-hmm. The ones where they've basically torn off their faces and they're wearing them as belts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. with all those guys. Yeah, I know those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just like they're, they're basically Slaneshi cultists. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, with very little kit bashing, or, yeah, yep. I mean, you don't actually have to be a master kit basher or kind of, you know, be really big into modeling and know what you're doing to kind of, you know, give your army a lot of flavor with range. Of oh yeah. Skulls yeah. like now in the back. It's just like, it's just like, it's a dream compared to what we were like, was like when I was a kid, yeah. uh, where you had to kind of like file metal parts down and, <laughs> Oh yeah. That's a nightmare. And, everything and just like, it was, it was just a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and now it's just like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll just take this from this kit, this from this kit. Uh, just repose it a little bit and it's just like it's just, just easy and yeah it's, yeah um so yeah I, I, I like the fact that people are you, you're seeing it more and more uh you know and again we're digressing a bit but the hobby of the whole is um we've got this really nice renaissance at the moment where even back kind of you know when i was a kid you had a hobby renaissance it was kind of you know i mean you had so many of the extra games coming out first time round. They're coming back now, but even better and with yes. extra stuff and everything's more fleshed out and everything has, you know, some law to it and it has a place and it kind of, it just works together. It's like they, they're really knocking out of the park for the whole um, expanded universe in 40K, really. Yep. Um, and yeah, love it. Um, it's a good time to be in the hobby. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing time. It's definitely like the best time I can fathom to be in the hobby for sure. Yeah, um, there's really from when I was a kid. It's just like compared being like compared to now. It's it's better being in the hobby now. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's just and there's there's something for everyone. You know, I think they're they're used to. There was always like a good number of things you could choose to do, but the way that the game system has so much baked in uh, diversity in, in gameplay. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Like it's, it's, you know, unprecedented in how diverse it is and how much diversity you can have, like within the same army mm-hmm. uh, faction, you know, you can, there's so many different ways you can build a list and, and use the, those same 
guiding principles, but in like a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's, it's, it's in such a good place right now. I can't like overstate that enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's faith and fury sort of in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, we've got some great new, uh, rules coming for chaos. Black Templars got their chapter supplement. I think people were kind of scratching their heads that they didn't get one earlier, but here it is. And it's better than ever. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it looks like it's, you know, on par with the other, the mm-hmm. other ones that we've gotten. So they're going to be great. Um, and then the next one coming out that's already announced is mm-hmm. um, Blood of Bow, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah Blood of Bow, yeah. So that's going to be uh, specifically regarding um, one of my favorite sort of current uh, lore stories in 40K, which is uh, Bow being beset by um, a Tyranid Hive Fleet. Yes. Um, which is when that happens almost always spells doom for the planet. Um, so it's and obviously... So they managed to hold it off because there yes. was some devastation of Bowl books, which I'm sure you've read by now. Uh, it's just like, but that's, it's such an epic story. It's, uh, so, it's so epic. Yeah. And and I love how like all the successor chapters sort of came together to defend the home world um, mm. as best as they could. Uh, I, I think I've talked to you about this before, but my favorite... One of my favorite chapters of all time is the Flesh Terrors. Yeah. Um, and I love their participation in that. I love Gabriel Seth's participation in that. Mm. Um, he's such a he's such a badass. Yeah. Um, and I love uh, the little uh, line as well, like the, the kind of uh, the conversation um, Seth had with Dante at the end as well, with the yeah. when they kind of saw the Primaris dropping down and their polarizing kind of views on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, it's yeah, it's, a, it's such a cool story. Yeah, the way the way Seth sort of considers them an abomination, mm. um, and not really Space Marines. You know, I, I love the extreme nature of his perspective on that, and I think not because I agree with it. I just think it makes him a more interesting character, and um, and gives him like more depth for for having that that stubbornness to himself and, and that sense of tradition. Mm. Um, and the way, you know, it's like, despite the fact that I may not agree with it, it's like, I have to respect what he says to a degree because he really pulled his chapter back from the brink of utter mm. destruction. Um, yeah. and he's and, only barely holding it that way as well. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of almost knows that his, his, his chaps is kind of, they're doomed he's just delaying the inevitable and trying to make it count as much as possible yeah exactly but at the same time kind of yeah then he's kind of just like and reinforcements have arrived and it's just like and it's just kind of made my struggle a bit pointless because it's just like (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. these are new guys now and it's just like and yeah right okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so snatched a bit yeah exactly and i i think as much as like from maybe a macro view, it may seem like it sort of undermines, you know, the work that he's done in the defense of Bal and everything. But I think it doesn't, uh, you know, overshadow his, what he did at all. I think yeah. Gabriel Seth and his chapter are just incredible badasses. And 
prove themselves so in that battle mm-hmm. and um i'm so i'm so excited that the flesh terrors are getting their own rules um in blood of bow yeah so for those who don't know i'm assuming you've sort of kept up with the teases but uh for those who don't know blood of bow is going to basically introduce new rules for the blood angels and for the tyranids um and by extension of the blood angels we're also getting new rules for the flesh terrors mm. so um the first thing that they sort of teased and has the internet sort of exploding uh, is the Primaris... Oh, that thing in red? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, the, the, the red gobo. Yeah, that thing in red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The red gobo, exactly. Yeah, the red gobo. Yep, yeah. that's that, the one model that everyone's had on their minds for years to come. Exactly. The red gobo. And yeah. he's, he's finally... <laughs> he's finally here. He's finally got his, his rule set we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Everyone's been waiting to play him in a game. Yeah. This is true. Uh, and it could and it, just in time for Christmas. Just in time for Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know what's actually really funny about that model is uh when you look at him, he straight up just looks like a communist goblin, not yeah. a Santa goblin. It's amazing. <laughs> the red star and everything. It's, yeah. Because so like, that's what it was. It's just like from the, the old Gorkamorka days. It's just like, yep. yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> just like absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so good i love it so much yeah and um, and, and i for one uh, i applaud it only because then we've now got a hq choice which means legitimately i can i can i can collect a grot army now yeah a full <laughs> grot army you yeah just take killer cans and grot tanks for days yeah and yeah yeah start the revolution <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and you know have all your great heavy weapons platforms that army would be no joke that yeah. actually could be very cool and very good. And I remember um, uh, there was one time, and I, I ended up playing with um, one of my mates, Grots, and it was um, it was Kill Team in seventh. Okay. Uh, and um, it was like it's you know I mean obviously Kill Team is actually kind of decent now in that it's got a balance uh, yeah. and it's really good. I remember one of the few games of Kill Team in seventh that I had because um, you had like five hundred points. Right, I right. think of memory serves. It's about five hundred points you had. Um, no, it wouldn't. No, sorry, it'd be about two hundred anyway. Okay, but obviously, yeah, it, it used all the things, and there was kind of you know certain limitations, but it was kind of you could break it very yeah. easily. And the one time I I played it, I broke it. I just it, it was just like guy had a huge collection, and I was just like, okay, so I'm going to take this, and basically what I ended up taking is my kill team. Um, was I think two two grot herders and about fifty five grots, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think my opponent was just like kind of you know I've got like ten or twelve miniatures. <laughs> and it's like don't get me wrong, they're still grots, but it's just like there was nowhere to hide. There was no right. way. I was just rolling buckets of dice at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. How can, how can you escape sixty grots? Kind of you know on a on a four by four board. <laughs> it's, like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Yeah, at some point you're going to end up losing enough. You're going to bottle and you're going to fail. It's just like, it's like you, you, yeah, you'll delete half my army, but you'll 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 run off the board before that happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I played the guy just just laughed. It was one of the funniest games I've ever played because yeah, you, that's 
Is that they're grots? You can't get angry. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're just adorable. Like you can't. Yeah, you can't get mad. Yeah, it's it's, it's like losing to like nerglings. You're just like, oh, all right, I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's only because you're so cute. Yeah, exactly. Pinching <laughs> their cheeks as they're stabbing you. Yeah, it's like oh, I'll get you next time. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Anyway, that yeah. No, that was a that was a worthwhile digression, I think. But um, so the real the real story here mm. is uh, Primaris Mephiston. Mm. Um, everyone is super excited about this model. I'm incredibly excited. I'm already planning. Awesome model. Absolutely amazing model. I'm already planning my uh, my Death Watch conversion for Primaris <laughs> Librarian. <laughs> yeah. Using this model, I, um, I, I kind of figured that might be a case. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's kind of I, you know, I, I, it's, it's not saying that it's definitely a thing, but I did. I think there's an element of you with any marine release. You're just like, how can I make this a death? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's. I, I don't deny that. That's like, yeah. and there is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like my brain's first thought is like. How can that be made into Death Watch? Yeah. Because I, I love all these new models so much. I'm already thinking about, too, how to make um, the uh, Salamander's character they released into Death Watch, too, with uh, the, uh, the huge hammer and the incinerator pistol thing. Yeah. Um, Agrax Agatone or something. I think his name is Agrax or something. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I I think about the first name, and I just think Agrax Earthshade. I know it's Ag, it, it's just Adrax Earthshade. It, it should yeah, be his it, name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now so, yeah. Now green for some reason. Uh, so anyway, the new Mephiston model, incredible. Mm -hmm. um, his stats have basically changed in exactly the way you'd expect a Primaris uh, mm -hmm. change to take. He just has sort of an extra wound, an extra attack. But Mephiston was already a demon in combat. Mm -hmm. um, he he as you know the fluff goes, he's sort of the only blood angel who has conquered the black rage and yeah. sort of come out sane on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has made him physically sort of like, uh, you know, a, a like demonically powerful version of a space Marine, mm -hmm. um, in physical form. Like it's almost like if the blood angels are vampires, then Mephiston is like a vampire in the midst of a feeding frenzy at all times. Yes. Um, so that, that's that's how he kind of gets around it. It's kind of you know he is for anyone who's not like keyed into the law. Those those few people in the back, um, <laughs> it's you know he is just a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So you know he's strength five, toughness five. He has six or seven wounds now, five or six attacks now. And his sword makes him strength times two. So he's just a weapon. Like he always has been, and he is now more than ever. Uh, and, you know, with the plus one to wound that all blood angels have, he's just, he can like kill tanks. Like, you know, he's just, yeah. he's ridiculous. He's basically like close to a Primarch level of like ferocity in combat. Mm. Um, so, and Mephiston's an, an amazing character, too. Yeah. So, I think this is just exciting on so many levels for, for people. Uh, there's no way his armor isn't based on the 
the Dracula movie from the nineties. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it has up, to be right. Straight up, just like the, the, the people at the design studio are just like, that's a cool set of armor. I'm, yeah, I'm, well, we have to use that. Yeah, I'm taking that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so stealing that. <laughs> yeah, and and I couldn't be happier about that. Um, yeah, even down to the nipples as well. It's just yeah, like, he still has the, the nipples. They kept all <laughs> at least it's not the the magnus like horn nipples you know yeah it's true but you know i mean you got, you got you're, as a product of his time you know we were talking about the 90s even yep. batman had nipples it's true yeah at that point you know it was a thing i'm okay with it you know because like yeah. ancient ancient greek armor did have that level of like anatomy on it and mm-hmm. i it, obviously that's sort of what it's based on that's breastplate that looks like a sort of ripped six-pack guy Mm -hmm. um and you know you're just also adding in the fact that it sort of looks like flayed flesh um yeah Yeah, it's all the musculature isn't it yeah yeah amazing looks so awesome Mm, it does um so yeah he's that model is incredible um i can't wait to make that my own uh death watch guy but there will be a Death Watch Captain's Codex supplement. <laughs> I mean, there better be because yeah. I'm waiting. Uh, yeah. GW, if you're listening, yeah, um, just make it happen. Yeah, just <laughs> I, I've got enough now. Just make yeah. it happen for me. Yeah, um, got, got, got the entire army just awaiting the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, actually, that I mean, that's that's great. I love them for something. But the most exciting thing about this supplement, um, as far as what it means for the other stuff that is to come for me, is that they are giving the Blood Angels combat doctrines. Yes. Uh, This this is incredible. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't understand what that means, it means that the army... The, the Blood Angels were one of the armies that was not given these rules from the beginning. Uh, the combat doctrines were initially just given to the Codex-compliant uh, chapters of Space Marine. And the Blood Angels are one of the unique sort of non-compliant chapters along with the Dark Angels, the Space Wolves, the Death Watch, and the Grey Knights. Yeah. Um, so what every, all of those uh, armies' players were all like, oh man, we don't get this thing. And it's sort of this huge benefit that is really sort of what makes Space Marines feel competitive in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, So this is basically signifying that most likely all of these armies are going to get combat doctrines or something along the lines of combat doctrines eventually. Except Dark Angels, because they really don't deserve it. <laughs> oh, I see. I see how, you, how it is. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I, just knowing your average Dark Angels player, and I'll say they're all like that. But <laughs> can you just imagine the butt hurt? Oh my god, they'd be so upset. Uh, it's or like the, I almost want to see emo, or emo marine fanboys. Yeah, like, just go. <laughs> 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 what a name I've ever Yeah. It's, yeah. I I I I definitely want the Dark Angels to have doctrines, but for the sake of seeing that, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, that would be great. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I imagine they will get them. As well. Yeah, 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 and for, and for yeah, 
And not only did they get combat doctrines, but they also got a rule to buff their combat doctrines, just like all the chapter mm-hmm. supplement codexes. So yes. now, in addition to still having the plus one to wound, like Blood Angels have had since the beginning of mm-hmm. um, 8th edition, uh, they also now get combat doctrines, meaning AP minus one on heavy and grenade, turn one, turn two, AP minus one on rapid fire and assault, turn three, AP minus one on melee and pistol. Uh, that's already fantastic. Um, but then they also add this other rule that when they're in the uh, combat, the the final one, the melee one, mm. they add another attack when they charge. So <laughs> Space Marines already get another attack when they charge now. Um, yeah. So that means that a Blood Angel charging gets two extra attacks in the in the combat phase and an a, an extra AP minus one on their weapons. And when you're gonna combine that with miniatures like the Death Company, yep. who are gonna have multiple attacks anyway. And yep. I would imagine probably some ridiculously tasty strat yep. uh, that allows them to do something like either fight twice or if they die, they get to slap back one last time or yep. something like that. The amount of attacks I imagine you'll be able to dish out yes. once you get in there is just going to be gross. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, a Death Company guy starts out with standard two attacks. Mm-hmm. He then uh, already has a special rule in the Black Rage where he gets another attack when he charges. Yeah. So if you're in the combat phase of your like third turn plus, your Death Company guys are getting plus three attacks when they charge. Ooh. And if they have a chainsword, they're getting a fourth attack, <laughs> which means that they're starting at six attacks of chainswords, and they're hitting at AP minus one. And they're getting plus one to wound because they're blood angels. Yeah. So you see how that's stacking. <laughs> oh. That oh. is so ridiculous. Like, that is so ridiculous. Yeah. I... I love it i mean it makes perfect sense Mm. um because the blood angels are already like some of the most combat strong space marines out there and the death company are basically berserk not caring about their own self Mm. uh worth like charging in recklessly they're like the closest thing to to you know world eater berserkers than that the loyalists have so it makes perfect sense to me that they would have that many attacks Mm-hmm. Now, imagine just taking one of those attacks away without the chainsword, but then giving the whole unit thunder hammers. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's so they're still getting five attacks per model in the charge, but they're, you know, hitting on fours, granted, but they're strength eight and yeah. they're plus one to wound, which means you're wounding knights on a three up. And you know, there's going to be some kind of re roll to hits as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're and that's and they're doing a flat three damage. It's like that's disgusting. Good. That's, 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 that's good. As soon as you see them on the board, it's going to be the one thing you just have to take out. Oh, you have to kill them. Kill yeah. them. yeah, yeah. And they ignore wounds on a six up as death company. 
Yeah. So, yeah, the ultimate distraction card effect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, like, you cannot afford to ignore that unit. It's, yeah. it's simply too powerful. Yeah. So that's super, super exciting. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, flesh terrors are basically just better blood angels. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they they have all the same rules as blood angels as i just described mm-hmm. and also uh when they get um i think it's when they roll sixes to wound mm-hmm. their attacks go up another ap Oof. so even just with chain swords you're getting ap minus two on sixes to wound <laughs> which I I just I can't even. That's so good. Like, I, yeah. I, it's, uh, it's like I'm running out of digits to count these things. <laughs> I know. Like it's just it's the stacking buffs. It's and yet it's exactly what I think of when I think of a, a flesh terrors death company guy like going absolutely berserk. Yeah. Like you can you think of them being like that mm-hmm. and. You know, it talks about in stories how, like, when the Blood Angels and especially the Flesh Terrors succumb to the Black Rage, it, it gets to the point where barehanded they're still tearing enemies apart. Like, yeah. they, they're not even using weapons at a certain point. They're just biting yeah. and ripping with their hands. And, and they're, <laughs> yeah, like, they're, they're absolutely horrifying unarmed. And, mm then you put a weapon in their hands and it's like, oh God, like they are gods of combat. Mm. I just, uh, I'm so excited about that. I pretty much have to make a flesh terrors army now. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't have, a, I don't have a, I, I can't not. And uh, they're, I actually think the flesh terrors have like one of the best color schemes of any space Marine uh, chapter too. So. But a good presence in the board. Hallelujah. They look super badass, and I'm going to have a bunch of death company, and it's just going to be the best thing yeah. uh, ever. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't not do it. I can't not do it. That's uh, it. <laughs> I, 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 I can completely respect that, why you would, because it's just like, yeah. <laughs> that is a tasty army to put on the board and just do battle with and just see how that fares and just like just also just when those when that charge connects just yes. to able to just roll all those dice for days and yep. just and just the, the, the carnage is just brutal yeah and <laughs> and so, also like the the fact that death company or maybe it's just blood angels in general you can you have a stratagem where they can get a 3d6 inch charge mm-hmm which makes that first turn charge very, very doable if you're using drop pods. Yes. I mean, that's, it's just insane. That's when a unit of death company hits now, it's going to be like whatever they hit is deleted. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> what they, what they run into. Mm. Um, that is true. And it's, it's, it's as it should be really. Um, yeah. 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 Nothing it, should be able to survive that. <laughs> so that's the that's the sort of gist of the new blood angel stuff that's i'm so excited about 
yeah. uh, these new What's, rules. What do we think is going to happen on the uh, NID side of things? Yeah, so a tease just came out for that uh, today. And they just revealed basically that the Tyranids are, are you're going to be able to make your own Hive Fleet rules like you are with the Eldar craft worlds and the new chapter supplements. Cool. So we can actually really expect that to happen now. It's yeah. just like cross. Like, I mean, we, I know we touched on it before, kind of like how they've done it with the elderly races and kind of, you know, Blood of the Phoenix and like how, you know, we want it to the other races. So they are doing that for Nids. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which That's is, amazing. It's super promising for like all the factions that, you know, you're going to be able to make maybe your own Astro Militarum regiments and your own uh, orc clans and they can all have their own unique rule set. Mm. And that, that to me is like where the magic of the game lies is, you know, it's the most rewarding when you have your most personalized stuff. Yeah. And your own is your own. Yeah. And this is giving you that option in spades and it's just, it's such an exciting time to be playing 40 K where it's that, diverse from player to player mm. um like in the eldari in the blood of the phoenix expansion i finally had a, an excuse to not have to just use a lay talk for my wraith host mm. like you know eandon didn't do anything for me so i felt like well i should i guess i'll just use a lay talk even though i feel like dirty doing it because it's clearly like it's just the best one yeah. so i changed it so now i have you know two of the traits that you can have and uh one of them is your psychers anytime you roll a one on mm -hmm. a warp charge test it counts as a two which means you can never perils at like the bottom tier That's um which is yeah it's super cool and um the other one i did is that all spirit host or wraith construct stuff uh rerolls ones to wound which is amazing because nice. like all wraith host stuff has like crazy high strength mm. so you usually are wounding on twos anyway uh and then you're rerolling ones it's it's amazing and if you keep spirits you near, nearby you know you're rerolling ones to hit too so it's it's a much more synergistic combo for my army and mm. i don't just feel cheesy for the whole thing being minus one to hit yeah um it's it's great it's 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 such a fitting thing for for my army specifically hmm. and that is it's like yeah uh, so i mean to have that and uh, like i say knowing that that's now come to the nids mm -hmm. it gives me a lot of hope for all the other xenos races as well that they, they, they're going to get that going to get that love too yeah um and that is that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful like thing. <laughs> i'm so excited i i think you'll join me in feeling like this is such an exciting thing for Tau too. Mm. That we can oh, like gee. you know truly personalize our Tau armies. Yeah. I, I, I you know with the with the other rules um hopefully I can kind of like well see I, I imagine like some of the other ones will uh, the, the standard ones will get maybe some extra perks yeah. uh, they can use which will be good. Um yeah. you know so I mean I mean I'd, 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 I've always kind of written off kind of, you know, the Farsight Enclave's kind of, you know, oh, you get to 
re-roll um, within like six inches because it's just like it's very niche when that gets played yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and you know more often than not it's just like it's just yeah it doesn't really affect the game in any real meaningful way right. um, so but yeah I mean the wish list is long for you know what I'd like the towel to have um, but also the same with you know many of the other armies as well um, yeah because, you know, it's, uh, I'll be looking eventually branching out, getting all the Xenos, all the Chaos. So, you know, <laughs> except yeah. Elder, of course. <laughs> screw those guys. <laughs> yeah, never, never Elder. Yeah, never Elder. That's just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I see enough Elder players, I, I don't need to join. It's true. Um, There's a ton of Elder players. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, and, and it is. It's like, for, for me, well, we've talked about it before. I always like the, the, the lesser played factions. And yeah. That's always my go to, say it tends to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, no, I'll, I'll I'll continue to review that and go. Yeah, I'm getting that next. <laughs> yeah, it's I I totally understand and and you know I I know that you're a big Emperor's Children fan. Mm. Uh, I'm really hoping, as far as like prospects for the future of Psychic mm. Awakening and yeah. what this will mean for everything. Mm. Uh, I am really hoping we're going to see. A Fulgrim model. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like them kind of like at some point, you know, if not next year, you know, I I could I could wait even to like year after or something. It's just like mm -hmm. it, it's like if it ends on that kind of you know with this because that, that I mean that's what they said from the beginning. This is a whole series of books, and it should be like seven or eight. And it's just like it's all, you know, making everything a lot more grim, a lot more dark. Everything's kind of like teetering on the precipice. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it's like it's it's knocking it to that kind of, you know, 13th hour where, you know, everything just dies kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like ramping it up to that end degree again. So it will be interesting to see kind of with the struggles, I mean, the you know what we're going to see happening on Baal, what's going to be happening with um, obviously you know the heretic Astartes versus um, you know uh, the Black Templars. Yep. Um, I'd like to see you know I mean all these battle zones are very separate currently, um, yep. but it'll be interesting to see how it's. I'd, I'd, I'd like it not to advance the story arc that much, just make everyone yep. in that much more peril. But it would be interesting to kind of see later on how some of these books may kind of like continue the story arc to kind of not so that each one's necessarily separate event, but that each one kind of, you know, later on down the line in the books that maybe it kind of starts to tie in with some of the earlier books yeah, uh, a little bit. Um, so you can see just progression on how dark and how bad things are getting. Yeah. Uh, and like, if we were to get something kind of, you know, like, you know, an Emperor's Children release very much, you know, or um, I imagine we'll probably see a World Eaters release before that because it always, you know, Sanchez has always been last, usually. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but it would be nice to see World Eaters and Emperor's Children um, get the kind of love that the Thousand Sons and Death Guard got. Yeah, I mean, imagine uh, a Demon Angron yeah. model, you know, like... And 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 that to me is at least as exciting as a demon Fulgrim model. Yeah, like I, they're both such such amazing prospects to me. Mm. And to have them kind of with their own decks, their own set of rules, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I know they're getting a lot of love in any way coming up soon, but to just have that, you know, that extra level of just like 
they they got their thing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, and they can totally they, they can totally rock their own decks. Um, and I think kind of you know same with Empress Children. They can I mean it, for them to get that kind of love and kind of you know be able to fill the whole army of them with yep. some diversity and range um, would be awesome. Oh yeah, um, it would be incredible. So yeah, I mean that's definitely on my wish list if they got something like that. Um, I'd very much like to see. Um, I mean, I mean when we're looking into kind of past book three and we're getting into books four, five, six. I mean, are there any, I mean, they say all the factions are going to get something. Yeah. Uh, um, so we all know that kind of, you know, uh, we can go either go through the list and just go, what do we want for each faction? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I, I'm going to throw a different question to you, Eric. It's okay. like, um, so with the matchups that you've been getting in each book, I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, that about makes sense to continue that storyline um because obviously the events of the devastation of Baal incredible yeah um you know it makes sense that kind of you know Herrick and Starty's kind of you know and their new rules kind of you know gets to go against the Black Templars and their kind of you know their crusades against chaos so again that marries up quite nicely mm-hmm. what other matchups would you like to see in the books come the books that are coming up ahead I mean what do you think the pairings will be yeah that's a very interesting question um so I think that at least one that I would be really excited about would be to see the the Tau focus be on the um, the failed expansion. What was it? The uh, fourth sphere, mm-hmm. um, the ones that went through sort of the the demon gate. Yeah, um, I I would love so much to see that group of Tau be emphasized for the story and Mm -hmm. to have them be up against demons, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe particularly Slanesh, actually. Um, I think that would be a really cool uh, pairing. Mm. Um, Because the Tau, you know, the Tau, I feel like, have such a uh, a limited understanding of what chaos even is. Mm. And I feel like that moment in their history with the uh, failed expansion is sort of like the moment at which they face some real new hardships as yeah. a as a species and as a culture. And I think that like putting them against demons is truly putting them sort of at their their most uh, imperiled in like a soul sense, like mm-hmm. the. the you know their their souls as a as a people, yeah. Um, and maybe you know the most threatening thing to their ideals and the way that they are controlled by the ethereals mm. um, might be the impact of chaos upon them. So, mm-hmm. I think that could be really interesting. Uh, I would love to see maybe some new t- tau rules that come out of that sphere expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know the the tau that are basically came out on the other side of that have yeah. a new set of rules to to dictate the way that they play in general with yeah. like you know you wouldn't be able to take any auxiliaries yeah. um but they might have some other special rules that are really cool um and yeah so that's oh go ahead sorry no i said i said that would be good to see Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just agreeing because it's just like, um, I mean, the whole storyline there, and you know, I mean, there is like a few books. I mean, there's that, um, uh, 
conquest book that came out and it had like um some storyline involving the four sphere um mm-hmm. dark angels were there um and kind of you know it was it, it's 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 a, it's a very good read i think it was a book by phil kelly um mm-hmm. and yeah it's like it's it definitely picks up a lot of threads and kind of be interested to see how that progresses yeah uh, so i mean yeah i mean for me with the tower one i'd like to see them maybe against demons like you mentioned um mm-hmm. another thing i'd like to see them against is um uh potentially actually even the dark angels just to actually see if that kind of storyline picks up um yeah in um and kind of you know use that not just as a um, just a, a novel but kind of you know a prelude to something because they've, they've obviously done it with um blood of baal mm-hmm. um you know they've taken that novel and you know they've turned obviously they're making it not you know not they're continuing with the canon of that storyline um so i'd like to see that kind of maybe with the tale yeah yeah, that'd be amazing. Uh, mm. um, what about, um, say, I mean, the Necrons? Who would you like to see them paired against? Yeah, I was actually just thinking about the Necrons. Um, that would be really interesting. I feel like we're kind of already seeing uh, the the Black Legion, but I think it would be really interesting to to see like what the Necrons. Because uh, it was the Necron sort of abducted, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, um, uh, the the Imperial Guard dude. Um, yeah, uh, um, it's the one that oh, the do the highest warlord titans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, don't be angry at us people it's, it's been a long day for all of us so, yeah, um, we, uh, there's so that, many names in this that dude that dude the, yeah the one with the coat chugging a cigar he, yeah he had a guy yeah. with, with his banner bearer who didn't make it past Paul Acadia spoiler alert is, is, um, is, is it Castle and Creed that's the one okay okay yeah. I remembered it finally yeah. okay so um, <laughs> he was abducted right by um, yeah Trazen. the immortal yeah Trazen the infinite yeah um and obviously he was abducted right at the sort of height of the black legion hitting cadia mm. um so i would be interested to see if the necrons sort of whether they take that conflict and push it towards like engaging the astra militarum or whether they push that conflict and engage with the black legion Mm-hmm. Um, and see if like there is more motivation there than we sort of understand yet yeah. um, with his decision to take him. Um, yeah, I feel like there's definitely like an unmind. The Necrons are such an interesting mm-hmm. sort of place in the in the lore to me because I feel like in in some ways you can think of them as like superfluous. Mm. where it feels like their time has passed and even though they're waking up it's like the galaxy is so far gone from what they mm. remember it to be that it's like what even would be their goal at this point but they definitely have motivations and i yeah. think that most of them just remain very mysterious or uh maybe like we don't know if they have particular vendettas against certain kinds of enemies because it feels like they just think of everything as being beneath them. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, pretty much they woke up, and the only people they, the only things they really know about are Elder, of course, who were right. kind of a great enemy for them before they kind of went into stasis, and um, Chaos, right. um, which is kind of you know, and I think that's where the storyline is going to lead out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been alluded to in books already, because um, obviously they're coming out of stasis, and you're kind of thinking, well, where's their art going? Right. Uh, and again, like Ghost Warrior, one of the Inari ones, as it mentions about um, the Necrons. Um, and, you know, it's it's not even subtly alluded to. It's just kind of, you know, I mean, the elderly at least feel that, I mean, they're waking up um, because of the events that have been happening. And, you know, obviously the, the, the Great Rift. Yeah. Um, you know, because they have... Um, we, you know, we realised in the fall of Cadia that, you know, um, it was a black stone that was kind of keeping the Eye of Terror from spilling out. Right. The galaxy. And obviously with the fall of the pylons and everything and the black stone, um, that it was just kind of, you know, basically that allowed the rip to happen. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, I think that kind of they're waking up because they sense that emergent threat and know that for for a race that's so steeped and master of the material realm. Yeah. To have the, the immaterial realm come in and upset their day and kind of, you know, essentially destroy all their work. Um, yeah. That's kind of, you know, I think going to be their main their main focus, really. So in a, in a sense, um, you know, while they've got their own ideals and, you know, motives, I think that... Um, they're kind of, you know, they're, in a way, they've got very similar um, goals to the elder, mm-hmm. which I, 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 you know, I find that kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ironic. Um, I, yeah, the irony kind of, you know, quite. I, I, I just find it quite funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's more lemnies, and technically, in to a degree, they're fighting kind of for the same goal. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but, well, what I, yeah, what I was thinking is like, you know, the the Necrons taking Castle and Creed. It's like Castle and Creed was sort of the vanguard force against the incursion of Chaos into real space. Mm-hmm. He was at the forefront of the Imperium's defense against the Eye of Terror and mm-hmm. uh, Eye of Terror and everything coming through it. Um, yeah. And the the fact that he was taken as Katie was falling makes me wonder, are the Necrons looking for tools to help them f- defeat and combat chaos? Mm-hmm. And is he an example of a tool to them that they wish to utilize for that purpose? Mm-hmm. And it, it interests me to see, like, the next time we see a big Necron storyline, are they going to be sort of forming an uneasy alliance with Imperium uh, forces against chaos or are they going to try to manipulate imperium forces to s- sort of be a weapon in and of themselves that they can just throw at chaos or mm. is there something that you know are they, are they trying to utilize humanity essentially as a weapon in their fight against unreality yeah um so to me, that would be a super interesting plot line, maybe like a three-way story between Necrons, Astra Militarum, and Black Legion. Um, yeah, I think, I think that'd be really cool. Mm. Uh, and it would give, I think it would give the Necrons like good purpose uh, in a story that is largely about 
the uh you know the warp and mm. things that don't really engage with them in physically in the way that it does with other races because they're soulless and all this stuff yeah um yeah so yeah. that would be i think one of the more interesting routes to take with them yeah no i, th- I think so um and it does it ties in with that obviously the psychic awakening because it's just yeah i mean and much as i think kind of you know it would be nice for um and to pick up um the storyline with tau and the dark angels i mean mm-hmm. Um, you know, Zinch sorcerers were a part of that thing. Yeah. Um, in that story. Um, but yeah, actual demons itself, I think kind of Tau would definitely give the best option. Again, like you said, you know, Necrons, you know, yeah, going against Black Legion, that kind of thing with Creed, like a three way would work really well. Again, mm-hmm. uh, keeping it relevant to the psychic thing. Um, but again, it's, um, with the town kind of, you know, there was kind of, you know, the, the chaos that was there was very much more Zinch. Yeah. It would be nice to see the Thousand Sons um, storyline uh, really get continu- continue as well from the events that happened from Battle of Fenris. Yeah. Um, a lot happened since then um, with the kind of, you know, with Magnus showing up towards the fall of Cadira, kind of, you know, going to essentially kind of, you know, almost, you know, onto Luna. Um, to fight Gilliman um, before kind of, you know, being thrown into the webway, um, that kind of thing. Um, but the Thousand Sons, obviously, I mean, they, they, it would have to involve the wolves, really, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, 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 that, I think uh, so. Yeah. Um, which actually leads to an interesting point. So, I mean, so, uh, you know, with regards to Space Wolves, it's like, um, who, I mean, there's got to be someone there in the Space Wolves who would be... Um, who would be kind of you know primer sized so oh yeah. yeah 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 so i mean kind of i mean who would you like to see really kind of you know get that treatment <laughs> well as far as i see it i think there's only one viable option mm-hmm. uh and you know for a number of reasons i think that we can both uh go into mm. i think uh inevitably it's it's going to have to be uh lucas the trickster yeah completely (laughs) yeah uh yeah it could be i mean you know yeah you could argue ragnar you could argue from you could you could argue so many of the champions but i mean let's face it it would have to be lucas it has to be lucas it would have to be lucas trickster every every time because you know i mean any 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 opportunity that one of the other uh Wolf Lords would get, you know, the prime, the, the Primaris Helix. Yep. Because it would just show up, yep. you know. Uh, it's like, what's everyone drinking, guys? So you just like snatch, snatch it and just down it in one. And, yep. You know, yeah. Call back a couple of days later. Just like, you know, what's the happen? What's, what's happened? I got buffed. I don't yeah, feel my armor anymore. Is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, he just sort of drunkenly intervenes when mm. uh, Ragnar, who, of course, you know, some might think is the best choice. Uh, be is about to get it, but they'd be wrong because yeah. uh, hashtag uh, Trickster twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, it has to be. It has to be Lucas. Yeah, every time. Every time. Convince me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. You know, yeah. it's, I, 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 it's it's Lucas is the only option to get Primarisified. Change my yeah. mind. Yeah, 
I, I literally see no argument where Lucas just doesn't end up intervening by jumping through a wall gate or, yep. um, you know, just, yeah, just stumbling across or knocking someone out by, you know, throwing something about kind of, yep. you know, without looking and, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, it just lands in his hands and, you know, there we go. Boom. Done. Yep. Yeah. There it is. And, and, <laughs> and then we've got a primaries Lucas. Yeah. Primaries Lucas. Uh, yeah. So uh, to answer the question earnestly, uh, I do think Ragnar Blackmane is the most in need of a model update. And I also think that Ragnar Blackmane is the most appropriate to primarisify uh, of any of the Space Wolves heroes. Yeah. But as we all know... Being appropriate doesn't always make it happen. No, and I, and of course Lucas will will steal that from him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, regardless of what I think is is most appropriate. Yeah. So um, I mean, I mean, so we know what's going to happen. It's just like yes. It, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's <laughs> it's like the Dark Knight thing. It's just like uh, Lucas is the primaris that <laughs> that we that we uh, deserve. That we just we need but, right but, now. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 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 to make another superhero reference uh much like thanos uh he uh lucas is inevitable yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> lucas is inevitable <laughs> <laughs> uh he it's gonna happen i mean there's no getting around it yeah um uh, there's no arguments here it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> it would be not against, would, not against that because there is no logic that can argue that. <laughs> it would be so amazing if this yeah. if this came to pass and yeah. we got a premier Luke Yeah, I mean, you got someone in law who's managed to trick Magnus, and you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like and everything else is just like yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be that way. Just just accept it, people. Yep, and be prepared for Primaris Lucas. Yep, it's coming. Yeah, yeah it's a coming. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of uh, what we think about space holes and and where they would be yeah. uh, in the coming lore. Um, what do you think will happen with the Grey Knights? Grey Knights, ooh, that is a tricky one because obviously, I mean, that does tie in with the demons as well. Mm -hmm. So because obviously, you know, that's what they're there for. Yep. So you imagine very much the kind of, you know, um, it would be against them. And again, it kind of, I suppose, ties in quite nicely. You could kind of fit that. I, I don't think there'll be a feature of a one-on-one a -on -one book, mm -hmm. so to speak, much like kind of Blood of Baal or, you know, um, Blood of the Phoenix. Okay. Uh, I think they would probably get tacked in with one of the others. So, yep. I mean, say for the Tau Demon one that kind of, you know, we kind of like thrown out there, I imagine they could show up quite happily with them because, you know, they'd be around and, and they'd be drawn to that because of, you know, demons. Yeah. Um, again, you could, I could see them easily pieced in if they were going to be um, going with uh, Thousand Suns versus like maybe Space Wars or something. Again, they could quite easily show up because, yeah. you know, demons again, um, you know. Um, the only other thing I can, yeah, I can't really think of another decent match. Up mm -hmm. for, um, I mean, 
because Dark Eld has already been done. Orcs, then you know, it's not it's not domain of the Grey Knights. Um, right. And really, um, there's no other Xenos race that's kind of you know got that you know that psychic ability or yeah. to warrant their appearance. Um, you know, unless you're going to have some crazy weird boy or something show up on Armageddon or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Grey Knights have already done that and shown up and, you know, uh, they almost had a ruckus with the wolves about it because yeah. uh, they wanted to mind wipe everyone afterwards. Um, yeah. So you can't really rehash that story completely. Um, so I would say, yeah, they'd be. I, I, I see them being as a bit part within anything that involves the demons coming up or yep. um, Thousand Suns. Everything okay. it does just doesn't quite match. Um, um, what do you think about the the Death Guard and their involvement in all this and if the Grey Knights maybe will be a uh, force against them? Okay. So, yeah. Okay. You've, you, you've, you've completely... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that could be a thing too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't mean to undermine... I just, yeah. I think it's an interesting, maybe, you know, no, thought experiment. I, I think it's, while while I can see it, I still don't think that would necessarily be the way because while obviously there is warp trickery and everything involved in the Death Guard, um, as part of their kind of, you know, intrinsic kind of, uh, kind of, you know, oh, we're not psychers really. Right. Uh, yeah. thing and kind of the fact that Mortarian still rules his legion with an iron fist and while there is obviously play casters and you know there are you know um there are psychers within the legion yeah. um he's very much kind of you know always oh, all about numerology and stuff like that yeah. uh so i just i just i think i, I don't think it will give the, the their appearance the gravitas that it needs yeah um, where kind of you know against someone like the thousand suns whereas just they're so much more psychically attuned right it just seems yeah. to be a better fit in my head yeah no i i i totally can see that that i think that thousand suns and gray knights definitely feel like each other's foils in the sense of like two armies that are perfectly suited to battle each other mm. um and and would do so on a regular basis yeah uh and both but, psychically attuned as well so it's just yeah kind of yeah, is that who has real mastery of the warp thing? Right. Um, but I do have another question about Grey Knights. Do okay. you think they will get Primaris models? Interesting. Um, it kind of makes sense that they do. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, just every other, every, every other space marine faction is kind of is getting them even the death watch so even the death watch yeah yeah it's I, I, i'd say it's it's, it's got to be only a matter of time before they manage to write it somehow into into the into the law yeah uh, yeah I, I think they'll definitely get it um, yeah the, the veil between old marines and primaris is getting thinner all the time yeah. And another uh, recent sort of tease that indicated that even further is that the um, the images that we saw for the Blood Angels in um, Blood of Bow, there mm -hmm. are images of Death Company Primaris Marines. Yeah. 
which means that Primaris Marines can succumb to the Black Rage and the extent to which the original gene code and the, you know, the, the flaw that they have mm. is it goes deep enough to infect and impact the Primaris Marines, which previously in the lore said that that hadn't happened. Yeah. So, um, whether that's it was still too new for that at the time weren't they so right. it's like oh they could be the savior and i quite like the fact that they're not i yeah i really like that too you know and, it's it's kind of they got that kind of you know it's that glimmer of hope it's just like oh the chapter could be saved uh, okay nope, nope. <laughs> yeah guess not yeah um and and you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe that makes gabriel seth respect them more honestly Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in seeing that the flaw affects them as deeply as it does the the standard marine genome, mm-hmm. maybe he he would start to think, oh well, if they're suffering this curse with us, maybe they really are worthy of being called blood angels and, and sons of Sanguinius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would I would love if that were the case and to hear him sort of admit that, mm-hmm. um, and and then that being what it takes, you know, because he's such a He's such a hard guy in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also, it's possible that the Death Guard, I mean, uh, Death Company, uh, mm. Primaris Marines are, are simply old Marines that crossed the Rubicon Primaris. Um, <laughs> and they've sort of just maintained the flaws that were in them already. Whereas yeah. if like new Primaris became, or, you know, New Primaris were made up of Sanguinius' stock. They couldn't turn. Mm. All that is yet to be seen. We don't we don't have answers to that yet. Yeah. But I think it's all very interesting food for thought. Um, yeah, and it will be very interesting story to tell, kind of, uh, and see how, it, how see how that does pan out for the future yeah. episodes and books. Um, it really will. It's just like it's an it's a it's such a an interesting, rich storyline to be able to tell um, yes. and advance the game in the same way. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're kind of marrying it perfectly. I, I, I like it. I like I it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I'm also, I, I don't have too much hope yet, but I'm holding out hope for like the somewhat farther future that this may lead us to be able to get Primaris Wolfen. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen but if it did i can see some amazing models coming out of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true although it's just like you look at the wolf and they're kind of like compared especially compared to a normal marine they're kind of almost primary size anyway oh they're huge yeah wolf and are enormous yeah. and i think you know they don't need to get bigger to already be horrifically imposing but yeah. <laughs> a, a primary <laughs> A Primaris Wolfen would be practically dreadnought sized. Like yeah. they would be so big. And I think that could be really cool. Especially if it was just like instead of squads of Wolfen, like you get with the regular ones, if it was like, you know, I- individual models, sort of the, what they did with like the greater possessed. Greater for possessed. Chaos. Yeah. yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. So kind of like be like one or two man unit kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, um yeah. I I, I could I could see that being a thing. That would, that would actually be pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm now having like pipe dreams about about yeah. that because I just thought of it, but I'm gonna <laughs> suppress those um, because I don't think that will be something that happens anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, 
uh, I guess we've covered most of them. Uh, what do you think? How will they emphasize the Death Watch? Okay, so again, Death Watch. Um, I'd actually like to. I'd see that happening with Gene Steeler cults. In all honesty. Oh yeah, that would be great. It's the perfect marriage against each other yep. because there's been so many books written to it because of the insidiousness and the way the Death Watch work well in the fluff. Yes, which is those kill teams, kind of you know, that kind of go around and you know stop uprisings and everything against all odds. Yep. Um, I think that's probably the best way for them to really factor. Um, and it's kind of one of those things again, like um, you're looking about the smaller ones. Um, not only that, but like Skatari, um, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Admech. Um, I don't, it, they could go with Necrons. Obviously, there was the boxer that was released earlier. There was, a, there was a thing, but I kind of like them to go up against someone else, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even Orcs. I was just thinking that against Orcs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I think that would be that would be a good story to tell. Um, and yeah, um, but I see kind of like um, maybe the orc story continuation continuing, even um, with maybe Armageddon. I mean, because yeah. they keep on referring back to the fact that Armageddon's still a thing. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I think with everything going south in such a big way, like they're saying, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think Armageddon finally getting its final chapter in like the fourth war of Armageddon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, would be would be an ultimate kind of like, you know, well, if Armageddon fell, um, you know, that would leave the Imperium in a very sore way. Because, um, yeah. you know, while, you know, it's literally a meat grinder. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's it, it's being held because of its strategic influence, because if it fell, then so much more would, be cut off from the right. Imperium roots and everything. So it's like it's barely just being kept in check now. Um, yeah. So with that uh, kind of, you know, essentially be thrown open, it's just like, well, okay, so that's all. That, I, I reckon that would be a nice thing to potentially kind of like almost close it and on. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, that's the kind of, yeah, that's how I kind of see those other matchups working. Yeah. Do you have any other ideas? Maybe kind of like, like wish the storyline you like to see it maybe go down. Well, I definitely, um, I definitely want to expand upon the idea of Armageddon being involved in this because uh, I, the Armageddon campaign when I was a kid was like <laughs> the coolest thing GW ever did. Like I, I was so immersed in it. It brought about like, you know, expanded uh, fluff and and models for the salamanders and the black templars and and we got Gazcall and we got commissar yarrick mm-hmm. uh, updated models and all of that and the steel legion you know like yeah all this stuff that was just so incredible and there's kind of a tricky element to i think returning to armageddon because i feel like they would have to either make plastic kits for Steel Legion or they would have to make some other regiment, the relevant regiment. I feel like they wouldn't necessarily... Like th- th- I think the, tr- the trouble with what they've done with Astra Militarum is they've painted themselves into a corner mm. where the, the Cadians are the only current regiment models. Yeah. 
and Hades is all being destroyed. Right, and and Hades is <laughs> basically a non-entity right now. Mm. So their regiments aren't all gone, and they've been seconded to other places. But the main defenders of Armageddon are Steel Legion, mm. and the and there are other regiments there too that are not just Hades. Mm. And I feel like this would be an amazing opportunity to introduce, reintroduce Plastic Steel Legion. Yeah. Um, that would be incredible. Or something, maybe another storyline. Maybe they reintroduce Plastic Attachments. Yeah. Or, I, I don't know, something. There's. I, I think yes to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, personally, I would be unbelievably excited if they brought back Plastic of any regiment. Yeah. Um, like a new a new range for any regiment, um, and all it takes is the, is building the one infantry kit, really, um, yeah. because then you can like reuse heavy weapons teams from that, and you can expand it. Anything that has like infantry on it, you can pretty easily adapt. Yeah. But if they just add infantry model, you know the infantry mm. squad for each regiment, that yeah. is like. Yeah, that would technically be all they need to do. Yeah. And and while I think that's a lot of work and they're not like about to do it, I do think that reintroducing Armageddon would be such an amazing opportunity to do that. Mm. Um, and as well, introducing a new gas call model. Yeah. I mean... I mean it's been there. But I, it would be nice to see a proper plastic gas. Yeah. It, it, if, if nothing else... Just to make him a little bigger, like mm. he's he's just too small, I think, um, yeah. for for what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be one, you know, the mightiest orc warlord since the Great Beast. And mm. I don't think he was supposed to be as big as the Great Beast, but he's certainly supposed to be big. Yeah. And right now, he just looks sort of like a regular sized orc, like a yeah. knob size in in mega armor. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's, he doesn't have, especially with the new size and range of sculpts that kind of right. get, um, and with the way that GW are leading on their sculpts, I think it's yeah. He needs he needs an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, he does need an upgrade. He needs to be primary primaris. Yeah, exactly. He needs to be the primaris uh, treatment. Yeah, he needs um, primaris treatment. Yeah, and you know that being said, like I actually like the current Gaz Call model a lot. Like, I oh, yeah, think he I looks mean, really, really cool. Itself is like again, it's one of those uh, with. I mean, you could say that about a lot of the, you know, half of the Necron characters as well. Yeah, are also, yep. um, you know, in fine cast. It's just like technically the sculpts are really good. Like look wise, it doesn't actually need it. It's just a small little maybe upgrade on the look and just bring them to size yep. a bit more, and then you know you're good. Um, but obviously, that's a lot of work. But um, right. it would be so nice to see. Um, yeah. yeah. And especially for such an iconic character. Um, <laughs> you know, it's um, it would be it, it would just be so awesome. Yeah. Um, but I could say the same to Shadow Sun and Farsight. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know just, give them, just, just, just give them new plastics. Yeah, just make a plastic. Yeah, just make a plastics. Um, and I'd even be happy... Um, I mean, it wouldn't work with Shadow Sun. Um, I'd be even be happy if you could con- like a just you know where you get like a kits like a you know for you know to 
make kind of like some of the legions and give it a bit of flavor like you know you've got a blood angels kind of upgrade kit yeah the upgrade kit. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just just have a small file site upgrade kit you know yeah just have just 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 have the banners um you know the sword arm the shield um the head and yeah. slightly different fins yeah and then just and then just have it as an upgrade kit for the commander it would look great it would look so cool yeah because then it'd be completely poseable as well and you yeah can, yeah yeah that would work yeah oh, wouldn't even, great yeah wouldn't even need a whole you wouldn't need to reinvent the wheel on that one right yeah, you yeah. just go with the current Enforcer battle suit. And yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, there you go. Yeah, small upgrade sprue. Done. Yep. Uh, it's it's and, funny, the, the little things they could do to fix yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and and again, leading that back down to the Imperial Guard units. I mean, yes, Cadians have got their own thing, but uh, what makes them their own isn't just the fatigues. It's kind of the helmet and the look and everything. Yeah. With a very small amount of change, you could probably do the same um, and have something slightly different for the Iron Iron Guard. Um, the Steel Legion? Steel Legion, sorry, yeah, Iron Guard with it. Brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Steel Legion. Because um, there's not too much dissimilarity with the looks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine with some of the other ones, like kind of Destroyans, you need to be a little bit more, yeah, that, that you know, you can't, it would be hard to fit great coats over. Uh, <laughs> um, the same with, well, even the Talarn, maybe just a head upgrade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Talarn, I think you could get away with a head, like yeah. basically a head scarf or a turban upgrade. Yeah, and then kind of maybe some sashes you can add to packs and mm -hmm. things like that to kind of, you know, give them that look. Yep. That could work. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of them you could probably do without gray sprues. Um you know, and make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Be quick, easy fix. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, the, the longer term goal I think would be, and I think this, I think guard players deserve this really is to just make kits that you can play any of the regiments in the book and not have to make, you know, customization uh, conversions and kit bashes to just run your regular army. Mm. Um, it's, yeah. it's something they deserve, I think. And I, I think, you know, yeah. guard players aren't really keen on the fact that they basically have to collect a Cadian army, regardless of what they do, unless yeah. they want to do extensive kit bash work and extensive like eBay perusing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've got a guy who I've played, um, before and he's collected Morgans and mm -hmm. he has literally made his life work to scout everything he can off ebay for yep. years and don't get me wrong it's glorious but it's just like it's, it's uh, that's a labor of love above and beyond what you know it should be expected for anyone really <laughs> yeah exactly but especially when you talk about a guard army like that many infantrymen and you're yep. trying to source that many old metal miniatures yep. and then repaint half of them <laughs> oh yeah like oh just the level of, the level of love and care he's put into that army is just like I, I i dread to think what he's forked out just in guardsmen god uh, I know. <laughs> and and you know it's like you think like obviously the amount of work that he put into that army alone is probably equal to or more than the work i've put into my eight armies like mm. i i i feel like Obviously, you can be that committed, but like <laughs> you shouldn't 
have to be because yeah. the rules for Mordians are just right there in the codex. Yeah. So no, it's not like you're playing some weird expansion they did in like a white dwarf just so you could like, you know, be included. It's mm-hmm. like Mordians are officially in the rules. They're a part of the game and there's, there's no way to collect them <laughs> unless yeah. you're doing weird, you know, extra measures and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that's sort of, you know, some hope for the future. Uh, some, some thoughts as to what might be happening in the, in the upcoming releases they do for Psychic Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is such a promising sort of campaign uh, thing that they're doing. I don't really know what to call it. It's like a season of the game, sort of. Yeah. Um, but th- this series of books, I'm so excited for the potential coming from it. I'm so mm-hmm. excited for what has already come out of it. Um, and the the sort of like teases we're getting of expanded rules for some factions that really deserve it. And, yeah. um, you know, to bring them up to, up to speed with some other ones. And it, to me, it has always been this way. It isn't about making a faction stronger it's about giving them more flavor yeah and i feel like that's what these books are doing yeah it's giving that storytelling element um yeah making it come to the fall um and allowing it to be so accessible for for any army um and that's really the good take home um but i'll be interesting to kind of revisit this and kind of like and just kind of just chat about kind of what we may be right and what we think about the next few books when the next yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah they're uh, gonna drop any kind of other bombshells maybe uh, wait a yeah wait a few months and then see like where are we at mm. uh at that point and you know like maybe some up update our perception of what psychic awakening is and what it means for the game and mm. i mean so far it's it's all good to me but as far as like granular levels of of like what it what it will mean specifically for different factions and the store the narrative and gameplay and stuff i mean it's anyone's guess we're just making like hypotheses right now yeah um but yeah it's like uh, i love spitballing ideas with you <laughs> oh yeah it's super fun and i i can't wait to do it again with a, another topic mm. um so i think that's probably enough we've been talking for a very long time uh, <laughs> For anyone listening. <laughs> yeah, apologies for anyone who actually has actually persevered this long. <laughs> we, I mean, you know, we, we love talking to each other. So. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening in. If you, if you have, if you endured this whole talk. And um, thank you for uh, just hanging out with us in general and for those of you on the discord and everything just just thank you for all the sort of attention and commitment you guys have all given me and my attempt to make this this channel a thing and i really hope you guys have been enjoying the work i've been putting out and i will continue putting stuff out for you um if you have any questions about stuff that you'd like us to talk about uh in future episodes of this podcast just send us a message on the Discord. And Noel and I are always happy to talk about many, many, many facets of this hobby. Yes. So we would love to hear from you and we would love to discuss different things based on what you guys ask us. Mm. So, and with that yeah. in mind as well, just if there's any 
comments or points we've risen in this podcast episode just uh and you think differently let us know on the discord channel as well yeah pop into the discord and, and talk about it we we are definitely i mean I, i'll speak for myself i i definitely don't feel like i know everything about this hobby and i definitely don't feel like my opinions are infallible so if you think differently <laughs> i i just uh i i love hearing dissenting opinions and i love discussing the minutiae of of this hobby because this this lore that they're developing is just so robust and awesome and yeah i just love every part of it so feel free to message us there chat us up and we would love to talk to you and the discord is free for any of those of you who are not a, a member already uh feel free to join us for free the, there's a link in our instagram uh, to come to the discord. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and just also you can just send me a message on, on Instagram or whatever, or, uh, or Facebook, um, anywhere. And if you need a link to something or if you, any other part of it, you know, we, we do, for those of you who don't know, uh, somehow this always amazes me, but people still don't realize that like, I also, uh, do bat rep videos on YouTube and uh i'm on many aspects of social media so just uh yeah let me know if you have any questions about any of that and uh noel thank you so much for talking to me again this is always wonderful always a pleasure my man and uh until next time i hope you have a wonderful day stay awesome bye